Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata on WFAN The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. All righty, BT and Sal on The Fan. Sal is off today and hopefully back tomorrow. Sal, hopefully everything's okay, buddy. All right, so listen. I uh, I listen to the Nick talk, right? And I obviously engage in it. You know, I'm a massive basketball fan. So is my partner, both big Nick guys. Everybody's missing the boat on the Knicks because you think about every conversation, right? And now it's going to start picking up steam. Football's almost over. We're not quite there with baseball yet. The Knicks will be center stage, right? And almost every Knicks conversation revolves around really two things. Is Jalen Brunson a superstar? And is Julius Randle, you know, really, truly a legit number two? The crazy thing is that's not even the biggest story. Let me tell you what the biggest story is. The biggest story is that, and this is unbelievable that I can say this and need it. The New York Knicks are the gold standard and the absolutely best-run franchise in this city. Period. The New York Knicks, as they dragged us through decades of, of sheer hell, Isaiah Thomas, Stephon Marbury, Eddie Curry, Derek Fisher... Jeff Hornacek, Phil Jackson, failed draft pick after failed draft pick, sloppy free agent signing after after sloppy free agent signing, salary cap hell. The New York Knicks are now the best run team. Not, well, what about, or what about this team? No. Including everybody. Number one. The best. So, when I look at this, I mean, if you've if you've really been, you know, I, let's call for what is. Some of you are just jumping back on the bandwagon, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to chastise you, at least not now. But if you've watched this this plight slowly provide a little clarity, you will understand that nobody is doing a better job than Leon Rose. Nobody. 
Now, I know you don't hear from Leon Rose, and that bothers some people, mostly media members. And I, I get it. I've chimed in on that on occasion as well. I do think there's a responsibility to engage your fan base, all right? And I don't love what the Knicks are doing with without making him available and the press releases. They've circumvented something that's very important. But aside from that, the New York Knicks don't have a – think about this. They don't have a single bad contract. There's not one. They've got great draft equity, which enables them to do whatever they want. There's no dissension. There's no turmoil. There's no drama. There's just wins. And let me beat you to the punch. I don't know. Maybe save the Giants? Well, if you save the Giants, yeah, I mean, you're leaning on history, you know? You're kind of conveniently misremembering, I don't know, the last decade or so, the Giants, what the Giants have been. I don't think it's the Giants. I know it's the Knicks. I know it. The Knicks are the best run franchise in this city. And it seems absolutely insane that I can say that and really, truly mean it. You know, the, like the minutia, and it's fun, and I love it. And you did see a superstar again last night in Jalen Brunson. I know. It's the horrendous Hornets. I got it. Yeah, I know. There's a tight game. No OG. No Randall. You want to throw no Mitchell Robinson in there. Without 60, 60% of the starting lineup, that, you know, I, you know that you argue Hartenstein, Mitchell, whatever. Certainly without 40%, two studs in Randall and OG. Brunson said, no, not on my watch, not happening. Let me bang in 30 more to get, get this win. So, yeah, like that's that's like the, the, the small stuff. The big stuff is that they have transformed in front of our eyes. And from top to bottom, whether it's ownership meddling, Dolan doesn't do that anymore. He has not for a while. Never really did it with the Rangers. Not doing it with the Knicks. There is not a player on this team that you watch and say, oh, man, uh, yeah, he's okay, but is he really worth that money? Nobody. All the contracts line up. Look at this, guys. This is amazing. So the Knicks are going to win 50-something games this year, provided Randall comes back in a couple of weeks. That's a timeline we got yesterday. The Knicks payroll this year, they are 16th. 16th. Next year, as you push forward, they're 18th. And then even in 2025, 2026, and listen, that'll change a little bit with OG's extension, et cetera, they are 15th. So this is not even like a a little, you know, quick reaction here. The Knicks are hot. Let's get a hot take. No, this is a well-thought-out, incorporating-everything opinion that I strongly believe that I don't think many of you see yet. You see the Brunson stuff. You see the Randall stuff. You need to see the bigger stuff. There is not a better run team than the Knicks. 877-337-6666. BT and Sal. Minus my guy Sal here on the fan inside of our Town Fair Tire studio. Our friends at Town Fair remind you that you always get the guarantee lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Now, what do you want? What do you want to chime in about? What do you got? I just can't believe you're saying this because last week you said that the, the Yankees are the best team in the AL. They are. But they're the Knicks, the best run franchise in New York. Well, I mean, because that they, they, is outrageous because you're talking about a team who consistently goes to the playoffs every year, who ha- actually has won championships yeah. in the past 
20 years. Oh, oh so we're going to do a little remember when. Come on down. It's your life. Memory yeah. lane. We're doing now. Right, and they're still getting the Yankees are still consistently great. I know last year they missed the playoffs, but oh my goodness, one out of how many years have they finally missed the playoffs? The Yankees are always there. They're making it to the, the final, not, maybe not the finals, but they're making it to the AL, you know, divisional round. Whatever round it no, is. They, they've been there before. This is not new to them. They've been there consistently. You're talking about a, a new team. A newbie. And by the way, uh, Hoff, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful, probably more thankful for what the Yankees have given me as a fan. You know, last year aside, but they still battled. They could have easily won 70-something games. This is not to dismiss the Yankees. I do believe, I stand by what it is. Now, you start seeing the Astros getting hater, and my opinion last week before that happened was that the Yankees are the best team in the American League, and I'll stand by that. I think the Yankees are going to win 90-something games, 94-95. They will add an arm. Yankees will be in the mix for the World Series. That's not my point, though, because when I talk about having the best chance to win a championship versus best run. Think about the the Yankee issues. Stemming back to, oh, God, why is Aaron Hicks on this team? Oh, my God, why is Joey Gallo playing? Now a lot of people, and, and I get it, although I do think he bounces back, what the hell did they do with Carlos Rodon? Oh, my God, they're saddled with this Stanton stuff forever. He signed through 2027. Knicks have none of those issues. Zero. Yeah, they also have none of the best players in the league. And the Yankees have three of the best players in the league. They have Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, three of the best players at their position. Knicks have zero best at their position. You know, it's funny. The uh, I, I, By the way, I think a lot of people will agree with, with Hoff on that. I mean, I think you get some Ranger love. I would imagine you get some Yankee love. I would think some maybe delusional Giant fans will pop in, think it's still uh, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, you're welcome to come on in. There is nobody that's going to change my opinion. or Really, and I thought about it from every single conceivable angle. This is the best-run team in New York. And I remember, not to put them on blast, but I, I'm going to. Because, like, you, to understand, or at least to come to my opinion, if you do, and if you don't, I respect it, we'll, we'll debate 877-337-6666. You got to remember where we were and, like, how unlikely this transformation is at the Garden. Now, I don't know, whatever the heck the years were, I guess, oh, Larry Brown's first year. So, uh, oh, four, five, six, seven, eight. For about six, seven years, I did Knicks pregame, postgame. I was at the Garden every night, every single night, piped in and, and knew what was going on. I remember recording pregame interviews, usually with, like, Mark Aguirre, who was an assistant, at that point, Mark was was usually like my go-to guy. Uh, or Brendan Sir. Some of these other names that if you're a big Nick guy, you know, or gal. And I remember one night at the Garden. I mean, they were in the midst of a 22-23 win season. It was absolutely pathetic. And I look over. This is before the game. And I don't mean, you know, two hours and 12 minutes before the game. This, I, I look up at the clock. There's like 11 minutes to go. It's like layup line. I mean, it's it's almost go time. It's almost player introductions. And Hoff, you know what I see? Remember Ronaldo Balkman? Remember oh, that yeah. name? Yeah, one of the greats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All time greats. I see him sitting front row. It may have even been spike seat right in that vicinity, with his legs like wide open and his arms on either side behind it, like behind the chair, with two models next to him. Wait, I mean, this is eleven minutes before the game. No repercussions. Nothing. And I remember Eddie Curry, and 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 I'm not you know, I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but not having an ounce of respect for his job to the point 
He was always 50 pounds overweight. I remember the story, and it's true, where Quentin Richardson was so incensed at Stephon Marbury and wanted to kill him after practice that Stephon Marbury locked himself in the trainer's room. So that Quentin, listen, you know, I'm sure Steph's tough. You know, Cody Allen kid, no disrespect either, but Q was, Q could throw hands. So I, I don't blame Steph for moving away from that. This is what the Knicks were. And what they are now, and you're slow to the party, and that's okay. The best run team that we have. Now, that's the statement. To me, the best part of the of that is that it's only going to get better. So, Hoff, you piped in, you pushed back on the Yankees, and I get it. And I would imagine Yankee fans would, you know, grab their piece of flesh here and, and, and do a little battle here. Name the bad contract on the Knicks. I mean, people could say Name Randall. Name the one. I guess people say Randall if they don't like Randall anymore. But that's well, I it. mean, anybody that says that is an idiot. I mean, he's a second-team All-NBA performer, and the guy plays 35 minutes every night. He's an Iron Man outside of the latest injury, or the, this injury, and he's a stud. Now, we could debate the depth of the studness. Bad contract. I can make the case it's one of the best contracts. How about Evan Fournier? <laughs> well, matter of fact, in the modern NBA, $19 million a year as an expiring deal is a great asset. So, no, he's actually, he doesn't have to take a shot for the rest of the year. He's one of the greatest assets on the team because he's going to be packaged for something else. There is not a bad contract. OJ, OG, because next year's $40 million on the on the books. Worth every penny. Now, he's got a player option for whatever it's, and he's going to opt out. Knicks will give him all, that's already worked out. He's, that, trust me, he's staying, the, the numbers and the, the general parameters, done. He's going nowhere. It's funny. The one thing that you could really debate, which which I often did, they 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 rid themselves of, and that was R.J. Barrett. That's not a good contract, and he's gone. So old Nick regimes would either draft the wrong guy out of desperation, bringing a broken-down star, whether it was, and I mean way past their prime, Stevie Francis, Penny Hardaway, Jalen Rose, all the old names that came in and waltzed through when they were basically cooked. We know we know them all. Now they proactively fix the few mistakes that they make. And that is the sign of a forward thinking, locked in, awesome franchise. Uh, listen, I know that they're the hot team right now, but I mean, consistently over the years, they barely scraped into the playoffs. Like, I mean, you're talking about this year. That's great. But like over the past few years, it took them a while. It took them a while to get to like the Rangers have been there now consistently in the playoffs. They've taken deep runs. They went from a Henrik Lundqvist mm. to Igor Stur- who, who, Sturgeon. Who, by the way, for the month of January, I believe has the worst save uh, average or sa- in, in the yeah, entire he's NHL. Had, he, he's, he's having a, he's having a, Terrible, it's been horrendous. But but they're still in. Well, they were in first place the other day. Listen, yeah. they're still going to be in the playoff mix. They're still going to go back. They still they've had some injuries. But the point is, is that the Rangers are still consistent. They have been consistent. The Knicks are finally getting to consistently going back to back in the playoffs. So, and 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 I I understand what you're saying. I I truly do. But. I think your timeline's different than mine. And that's fine, because that's how you process it, Hoff. I get it. I respect it. I don't see it this way. See, I don't look, and I just ran through, you know, the the myriad mistakes that we've been subjected to this century. You know, I don't have to keep doing it, even though I could probably come up with 15 fresh ones as the show goes on, because there were a million of them. But 
to me, it all starts with Leon Rose. Like, I'm not worried about four years ago, wow, the Knicks did this or they didn't do that. I'm talking about now. They have somehow developed a financially solvent roster without a bad albatross contract, guys firmly in their prime or entering it, pieces that are desired by other teams, a boatload of first-round draft equity, a really good coach. I mean, I don't know that there's anything wrong with the Knicks, quite frankly. I really don't. Yeah, I'm going to push back two of the Giants now, too. Because now I'm, now oh, I'm, now, now I'm what, thinking. Did you work for them? The well, great yes, New of York football job. What of have course. they done? Uh, what have they done? Yeah. They've dealt with the they've worst. They've had four coaches in 10 they, years. They've dealt with the worst salary cap situation in the NFL in the past two years. And that's because of the previous regime of Dave, Dave Gellman. And Joe Shane and Brian Dable have put together two years of competitive. They went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game, which in years past they haven't been able to do. They have Daniel Jones in a contract where it's easy to get out of after next year. Uh-huh. It's in a good spot. They're going to be able to bring in a top free agent this season if they want to. If they want to keep Saquon, they can. They have a lot of things at their fingertips, and the roster has been getting better. Injuries aside, they are improving, and they're going to get better. Listen, Hoff, I'm not trying to disparage all these other teams. I'm not saying that no Nobody is in a decent spot. And I said last week, and it just came up a couple of minutes into the show, I think the Yankees are the best team in the American League. So I like the trajectory of the Yankees. I even do like the trajectory of the Giants. Not as much as you do. I think you can also over a few things. Like when you say, well, they could bring back Saquon. Well, let's see if they do. Because <laughs> I don't think that they do. I think he's gone. So when Saquon's gone... Who's going to run the ball? Now, I'm not saying you can't find somebody in the fourth round. We've seen it happen a million times. And obviously, more financially appealing. You know, look at Brees Hall for the Jets. When he's healthy, he's making $900,000. He's a stud. I get it. There's different ways to uh, to fry the fish, if you will. But, hey, talk about Daniel Jones. Like, he's Dan Marino. The guy's knee was shattered. He's coming back. I don't know what he is. The old line is still a relative mess. And I'll tell you what. If it doesn't go well with Dable... And if Brian Dable, who I like and support and believe him, if Brian Dable doesn't look in the mirror and do a little soul-searching and change a little bit, the Giants are going to have their fourth coach in eight years. And that's emblematic of a well-run team? I don't think so. Well, again, I, I trust the process with them. I trust the process right, with them. I trust the process. I, I, do, I do 100% because, again, like they have they have made – uh, you know, a terrible what they've been handed. What they've been they, they've been handed a crap sandwich, and they've eaten it. Well, they create. Oh, you mean the new regime? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, they've true. Had to, that's they've, true. They've had to deal with the worst. So was Leon Rose, even worse. So and they've had. We've given them the time. We've given them the time. I think that the Giants in the end will be the best franchise in the next five years. You really do. Oh, so you hundred percent. So you've got you've got full confidence that Dable uh, D- can Dable, control this crazy temper that he apparently has. But the temper is aside. I like to, I like to see the human. Element. I do I like too. To see, I like to see that. Hey, a guy who much better than the Jets. Who, by the way, Robert Sala couldn't tell. I'm not a mentioning kid no, the Jets were a disaster. I'm not mentioning the Jets. Uh, I'm, well, exa- exactly. I'm so, not bringing I, them up. They're the worst among the worst. To, to be honest with you. Thibodeau reminds me a lot of Dable, too. They have a little feistiness with him. Like, I mean, I know a lot of the aggression from Thibodeau comes for, goes to the refs, then the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dable has that feistiness to him, has that little anger issue. 
I love it. And it shows, and I think he gets the players to be motivated. I know it doesn't look that way all the time, but I think that's the case. All right, 877-337-6666. BT and Sal show here on The Fan. Brandon, Tierney, Sal, the kind of Sal is off today. If you're just tuning in, hey, I understand the two most electric or, you know, resonating topics with the Knicks this year is Brunson the superstar, is Randall the real deal number two. I get it. And I engage in that. I watch. I, you know, obviously me and Sal go through this. We do it on social media. Understood. That's the smaller issue. The bigger issue, I believe, all the teams in this city somehow, <laughs> some way, from the depths of ruins, the New York Knicks have built themselves up to be the best-run franchise in our city. BT and Sal on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Play fake. Jones rolls left, throws left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, BT and Sal, 1026 back on the fan. We'll get these calls going, 877-337-6666. I don't know. When I watch the Knicks, I mean, I see amazing stuff, as as do you, but when I dig a little deeper, I, I don't see a bad contract. I don't see a bad guy. Uh, I see a ton of IQ and professionalism. It's the best-run team of the city. It's the Knicks. It's as crazy as it sounds based on this journey. It is the Knicks. All right, let's get back. Oh, let's get to you, not back. Let's get to you. Uh, Joe is in Parsippany. Joe, BT and Sal. Midas, Sal. What's going on, Joe? What's up, Sal? What's up, BT? How you hey, doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, I got to agree with you, finally, on uh, the Knicks being ran good. I mean, uh, you know, we uh, avoided that disaster of bringing in uh, Kyrie and uh, KD, um, which I feel like was a was a, was a great thing. That would have been a disaster for us. And um, you know, we're just making the right trades now. You know, before I, I I could go back to 2010 when I feel like we had pretty good rotation going on, and we traded away a lot of good pieces to bring in Amani Sarimar. At that time, was pretty washed up. Well, no, but, but, no, 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 Amari was a free agent. You talk about the Mellow trade. The Mellow trade, yes, yes, the Mellow trade. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, you, you look at this year with getting rid of um, R.J. Barrett and, and quickly bringing in Ananobi. You know, just a smart move. I mean, we're just, it feels like we're finally building for the future, not just going for this home run hit to have a, you know, successful long-term good team every year. Yeah. I mean, the moves that they used to make, and I get it when things are not stable. Thanks for the call there, Joe. Yeah, that's where you throw a Hail Mary. The Bargnati trade, you know. They're seeing a guy who can, remember that? Score 20, but just soft. He just... The miscalculations out of desperation were, were, it was so depressing. Just depressing to be a Knicks fan. Now I look around and, I mean, you genuinely see guys who love each other. I mean, that's rare in the modern NBA. Listen, I know a lot of it's the Villanova connection. And I'll, I'll even grant you this. Like, there is an expiration point on me saying it's the best run team, which which they are. But, you know, in three years or even two years, if that next move is not made and they don't get a little higher on the mountain and get to a championship, well, then we might have to revisit it. I'm talking about right now. I mean, so to understand where the Knicks are, you have to incorporate where they were when Leon Rose came in. I mean, I was just – that's 
Leon Rose is going to sound nuts as well. Leon Rose right now might go down as one of the all-time great hires in the city. The Knicks were dead. What's going on, Al? How you doing, buddy? BT and Sal. What's ha- Good morning. What's happening? Hey. I called about, uh, not Leon Rose, but about the Knicks. Um, they're winning. Winning cures all wills. And nobody knew Rose. Nobody in the world knew Brunson was going to be as good as he did. He is. Brunson is unbelievable how he's playing. I mean, he last night, the shots he was making, like he can finish those moves. That's the thing. A lot of them, they get close, but they can't finish. He can finish. And another thing, Rose, in a way, right now, with Randall Hurt, if the other guy that they traded for, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to say it, the guy in the Barrett trade and all that. If he was still there, they'd be able to find out how good the trade really was. But now he's hurt, and they can't without Randolph there. So they're getting a pass. And, you know, they brought in, like you said, the Villanova guys. That was all from Brunson and stuff. But it's too bad the other guy isn't here now to see how they play without without Randolph and the new guy because they need scoring is, is what it's going to be. The last night, the team they played wasn't really that good. No, no, the Hornets so, are horrendous. Oh, no. They're not, again, by the way, Al, thanks for the call. Please, no way. I mean, trust me. Give me a little more credit. I'm, I'm not down. I don't have this position because they beat the, the downtrodden Hornets last night. No, no. It is far more macro than that. I mean, everything about the Knicks. Uh, let, me, let me hit pause for a sec. Outside of not knowing... If they can truly compete with the two or three best teams, I can't say that yet. And that's obviously a big thing because eventually we want to win a championship. I can't point to a single thing that's wrong with the Knicks. Not one. Whether it's from a player point of view, whether it's from a salary cap point of view, whether it's from an asset point of view, whether it's from a coaching continuity point of view, I... They are just, they're a pleasure. They are just, they're humming. Sam's in Melville. What's going on, Sam? BT and Sal, how are you doing today? Hey, BT, how are you? Okay, huge Sam. Knicks fan, huge Knicks fan, huge Mets fan, but I, I can't agree with you. I think the Yankees are the best-run organization in, in New York. They're consistently, consistently a winning baseball team and consistently making the playoffs. The Knicks are on the right path, but how can you call them the best run organization when they don't really have any starters that they drafted. So they haven't drafted well. Go ahead. Go ahead. They haven't drafted well. They traded two guys that they drafted just recently. And they so hit they home runs with it. Guys. Keep going. Yeah. So they made a pivot. Think about this. Hold on, Sam. Sam, hold on, Sam. Sam, hold on, Sam. Think about this. Like egotistical, single minded franchises will double down on the wrong draft pick. Now, RJ Barrett was fine. He was good. And he had days where he looked really good. But I think those who know really know the game and, and dive it into the deep, deep, deep numbers, R.J. Barrett, he is what he is, and he's never getting better. His deficiencies will be here forever. So instead of the Knicks saying, all right, man, if I trade him, I look bad. It's a blow to my ego. They said, no, we're getting rid of him because this guy's going to make us better. And they were right. And I, I don't disagree with trading Barrett. All I'm saying is if the, if the debate is what's the best-run organization, you have to look at drafting. They've gotten an But well, who the hell have the Yankees drafted besides Aaron Judge? Well, the Yankees are in the playoffs every year, bro. Oh, but I mean, Sam, Sam, really hold well. on. Sam, Sam, come on. Don't be a simpleton, Sammy. And thanks for the call. And I say that with a smile. We know the Yankees are pretty much always in the playoffs. But if you want to measure success, 
and the correlation to the money spent, I'm not impressed with the Yankees. I mean, I know the game has changed like when the when they when they still used to be the Devil Rays like back in the day and the Orioles were wretched. You know, and Toronto was maybe 500. It was the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know? And if you spent $250 million, whatever the number was back then, I know it's obviously higher now, you're going to win 95 games. You got the best players. Baseball's changed. So I understand that. That's why I give Boone maybe a little more room than you do. Not Cashman. I'll give him room. I give Boone room. I know you need players to win. But I don't think that the Yankees have achieved anything extraordinary by the amount of wins they've had based on the amount of money that they've spent. I mean, I just said before, there's not a bad contract, not one, on the Knicks. There's multiple ones on the Yankees that, and I'm bullish on them this year, but contracts that very well might prevent them from winning a championship. Stanton, start with him. Can't run, can't throw, can't feel, can't stay healthy, hits 200. Guy's making 30 million bucks a year through 2027. That's a problem. You know, because they were cheap and they were trying to avoid, you know, getting banged on the back end with the luxury tax, instead of giving DJ LeMahieu three or four years, they stretch it out to six. Now, I'm not here to disparage DJ. He's a pro. But I, I'd rather have somebody a little younger at this point, somebody a little better than DJ, who's probably going to bat leadoff on opening day for the Yankees, which I don't think is a great thing. Rodon, I think he's going to bounce back. He better. Because the Yankees gave him $160 million to be the number two behind the best pitcher in baseball during Garrett Cole's prime. These are all massive questions. Knicks don't have those. They just don't. Let me get Dave in Patterson, New Jersey. Dave, what's going on, buddy? How are you? BT, I uh, love the show. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I think Brunson is the key. I mean, OG's a... Uh also going to be a key, but I think Brunson, as soon as he came in, it things like things started to change. Uh, number two, um, Tibbs is always accused of running guys into the ground. Is that ever going to come about with these guys? I think these guys are a little bit younger, so hopefully that doesn't come into play. Yeah, you know, that's something that he's got to augment a little bit here. And, you know, we didn't get into it, me and Sal, yesterday when we talked about Randall. You know, I mean, did Randall really need to be in the game at that point when he got hurt? Now, Miami hadn't lifted their starters. I get it. But it's okay to be a little proactive. And, you know, I get it. Even last night, I didn't want to see Brunson have to come back in the game. They were up by basically 30. And he did. Um, I think the biggest difference, and to me, this is, aside from the numbers, because anybody could, you know, spew those. This is why Jalen Brunson's really a superstar. And why Carmelo Anthony never was. All right, let me lay it out for you real fast. It's very simple. Carmelo would show up, and he'd get his 30, get his 40, big-time scorer, we know that. But he wasn't always physically engaged, wasn't always in great shape, you know, resented when others rose above him, even even if it's just perceptually, insanity, you know what I'm talking about. Forced to trade here, so rather than coming and playing with a young core, if he would have waited a couple of mi- a couple of months to get more money and be a little selfish, The team disbanded, and they were never the same. All because of Carmelo, right? Low motor, plays at the All-Star game to hear his name announced at the Garden, and then he shuts it down basically the next day. I'm done for the season. That's Carmelo, not a superstar. Jalen Brunson comes in, doesn't say a peep, plays his ass off, is, might be, 
I, I can't prove this, but I strongly surmise this guy's got to be one of the hardest workers in the league. Did you see the video a month ago with his dad doing drills from back in the day? Like, And then you watch when he was like 15 or 16. Then you, then you see him play. He's not jumping over anybody. I mean, he's quick, but he's not like, you know, I don't know, Gary Payton. He's not tall. Small. Everything he does, he is rehearsed like a top-notch choreographed ballerina. He is sublime with his footwork. And that trickles out to the rest of the team. No nonsense. No BS. Doesn't get wrapped up in the all-star stuff. Doesn't care. He is a stable, emotional leader. And he is a reliable superstar statistically every night. If that's not a superstar, then we're watching a different sport. We just watch it a different sport. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, BT and Sal back on the fan. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata Show. Sal is off today, hopefully back tomorrow. Let's get back to your calls here about the best-run franchise in New York. Imagine saying that five years ago, 10, 15, 20. It's the Knicks. You know, and before we get back to these calls, can somebody explain to me what the Mets are thinking? Speaking about, I don't want to say the opposite of a well-run team. That's that's an, that's just a, a diss that I'm not trying to put out there just for a little gratuitous shot. But I, I'm generally, con- I, like, I, what are they doing? So Justin Turner signs with Toronto. Perfect. I mean, the perfect guy for the New York Mets. He can hit, so that solves the DH spot. He can play a little bit of third, which I don't know is a little bit of an issue going into the season. You know, and he's a, he's a guy who is a great teammate, who all these young kids, I mean, invaluable time with uh, just a professional hitter. Now, I didn't think he'd quite get the money that he got. He got one year, what was it, 13.5 with incentives, Hoff? 13 with a 1.5 incentive bonus. There you go. I mean, so probably fairly attainable. So let's say he hits it. Let's say he's at 14 change. All right, one year, 14 mil. But I I thought King Cohen could do anything. I mean, if they don't get J.D. Martinez or Solaire, I mean, and it's going to start moving quickly here because now that Justin Turner is gone, this is generally how it, how it goes, you know? One domino falls, like one pitcher signs, and then, boom, you have a little run on on that position. I mean, I don't think Soler and J.D. Martinez go another week without being signed. Uh, who was your DH on opening day? You Please tell me you get one of these guys. Please. I think we have to. I mean, listen, currently right now it's Vientos and Beatty splitting the time, but I, I truly believe that we are going to sign a big bat. I, I, can't, I can't imagine us going back to the well with, oh, we have guys on our team. That's just not going to work. Yeah, I don't see that either, but the deeper we get, it's almost February. I know the timeline's changed in recent years with free agents. I get it. There's still attractive names out there, but man, oh, man. The only thing is, and I I hate, I don't want to be this guy. Go ahead. If David Stearns is looking at this team and saying, we need to to keep that DH spot open to give Pete Alonso some days there, Alvarez some days there, Beatty, Vientos, whether it's Marte, maybe that's going to help save Marte's career a little bit by playing him a little bit more DH. Like, if they're going to circulate it around and share it between the entire roster, yeah. 
I hate that plan. That's a, that's, that is a loser franchise. That's a, that's a small market, pathetic loser move is what that is. That will not work. Oh, but, but but that's the plan that most teams have these days. It's not just the the Mets. It's they don't want a universe. They don't want just one person clogging up the DH role. Yeah. I, so I do get that. No, no. I'm, listen, I, I understand. It's not quite like like Don Baylor at the end with the Yankees. You know, I I get it. Way past his prime. I, I know the position certainly evolved. And, and there's something to be said for plug and play versatility. Utilize that even for the Yankees. That's why Stanton's such a problem because eventually when Dominguez comes back and Dominguez is in center, you put Judge back in right. You have Soto in left. Now, you know, Stanton, obviously, if he's even healthy and if he's even hitting, which is, yeah, who knows, the DH spot is congested. I wouldn't even mind, you know, Austin Wells getting a couple of swings as DHs with Trevino back, who's, you know, an above-average defensive defensive receiver. The point being, I get it. You want to have some, some wiggle room there, but I don't think that the Mets have enough in the other spots to justify doing that, which is my point. Well, I... I... Don't 100% disagree, but I think they did enough in the offseason, the outfield, that they, they feel comfortable. And I think they're really going to have Vientos and Beatty fight it out for third base. So because of that, they might not really go for a full-time DH. You know what I meant to ask you? I want to get back to these calls, and I will. But, you know, this this news struck me as, I don't want to say like a fatal blow to the Mets offseason, but let's face it, I think a lot of you either wanted Turner or expected that you would get Turner, and he's going to Toronto, which now the Yankees will have to deal with. Do you think, and you know, I don't want to get to the whole trade Pete stuff now, but do you think Beatty could play first base regularly? Nah, I mean, he could be able to play third base. Yeah, but first base is easier. Well, I asked Vientos that one. I think they well, both. I, I, Vientos is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, listen, I, I don't I don't look look at Beatty. I don't know what Beatty is yet. He's not a professional hitter, that's for sure. Mm. And his glove is still a little iffy. That's the first thing. When he came up two years ago, that's the first thing I saw was Beatty's still not very clean yeah. at third base. That's the first thing shaky. that they said. And, that was the scout and, report. Yeah, and his, so true. there's a lot that 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 don't meet the market with Beatty, so I wouldn't rush to put him at first base either. Okay, uh, it's 10:49. B team sound on the fan. The Knicks grab the steering wheel. You know, don't lose control. The Knicks are the best run team in our city. Number one, the best. Crazy. Uh, let me get Nick in Huntington. B team sounds up, Nick. The hell Hello? is that? Yo, what's up, Nick? Oh my gosh, sorry, I didn't realize that, that was I, my call was already getting picked up. Okay, so yeah, Nick, best run franchise in New York. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, their drafting prowess is not very good, um, but you know what? The way they're turning these um, these draft picks over and just all these assets into a guy like OG Ananobi is really impressive. Because if you actually watch basketball as an everyday fan, mm-hmm. you would understand that that's the exact type of player that the Knicks really, really needed to, to, to kind of get more into, like, full form. Um, so that's really, really impressive. And now it looks like they're in a position to make an even bigger trade. Mm. And that, that person I would like to see personally would be Mikel Bridges. Um, that's one of the few guys I would pay the asking price for. Because it looks like guys like DeJounte Murray, they're going to go for two first-round picks. Well, so um, is Bridges. They, huh? So is Bridges. Well, yeah, of course, but I mean, I, I'm more willing to pay for Bridges because you're bringing a group of guys together, back together who played in college. Yeah, but they they, were, they, I mean, why would, come on, they, that's, I mean, I, I love Bridges. It's not happening. I don't see that happening. 
Well, the other the other two I could see happening would be either DeJounte Murray or I would like even though he's a little bit older, DeMar DeRozan does fit the bill for like I think what this team needs. I like that. Yeah, I've said that. I've said that to Sal a couple times. DeRozan's a guy. Thanks for the call there, Nick. That's a guy where he wouldn't have to give up everything that you have and he's a professional scorer. You know, not a real three-point shooter, mid-range guy, get to the stripe. I think he'd fit in really well. Uh, and I'm I'm a big proponent of eventually getting DeMar DeRozan. And apparently he wants to come here as well, here or Miami. I mean, Miami, I'm on that door shut. They're done. Come here. Just starting. But I think a great indicator of a franchise, and I'm going to hit you with this now, and, and just think about this All right, before you answer out loud wherever you are, unless you're at a cubicle at work and your boss is going to think you're a lunatic and tell him to... Tell him to be quiet. We're talking next. Take Ike. Doesn't matter what he thinks or she. All right. So when I say to you, Brian Cashman just made a trade. Do you trust that the Yankees won that trade? The answer is no. When I tell you that the Mets, the recent Mets, either made a, a trade or signed a big name free agent, do you trust that they did the right thing? Now, wait. The answer is no. Do you trust that the Knicks, every time they seem to make a move, have good instincts, nice vision, generally what they do fits and matches their plan? And the answer is yes. I'd say that about the Rangers as well for the most part, too. But that, to me, is a blind indicator of, you know, you could get into the semantics and you can get into the different layers of what makes a really well-run team, and there's a lot of different things, clearly. But to me, when I talk about like pivoting from something to something else, is there just this inherent trust that it's going to work? And incredibly, for the Knicks, it's at an all-time high for me right now. I mean, so they, we could, we don't, we're not doing it now because it's not here, but we, we've done it. RJ's deficiencies. They still turned RJ Barrett, okay, into OG. Well, you also had to throw an IQ. Okay, great. Who drafted IQ? The Knicks. You know, all right, I wish Grimes was a better shooter. I think it's in there, but either way, Grimes and Fournier's 19 mil and a couple of first-round picks, guess what? That's going to get you a big player. Who drafted Grimes? The Knicks. Oh, well, suddenly he started to play a little bit more. Uh, looking pretty good. Started to shoot a little bit, play defense. McBride. Who drafted him? Let me guess. The Knicks. And I know he's hurt, but he was on literally no hyperbole. An historic run to offensive rebounding before he got hurt. Mitchell Robinson. Who drafted him? The Knicks. So, I mean, it it is, it is, it is hard. It's easy to point to the good stuff. Quite frankly, it's almost impossible to point to the bad stuff. So... I'm loving where this team is. Max is in Brooklyn. What's happening, Max? BT and Sal, how you doing? BT, you just stole my thunder. Whoa. Bit, but I was just going to say how I think fans are just irrational about drafting expectations. You go back, <clears throat> excuse me, to 2018, you got Mitchell Robinson in the second round. Granted, that wasn't Leon. Knox pick was awful, but you can get it Knox and Mitchell Robinson with those two picks. That's not bad. RJ, every team in the league is going to pick him at three. 2020, Toppin could have done better. Quickly, 21st overall, incredible pick. Sims, 58th overall, 
whoever you draft there is not supposed to play in the NBA a single minute. Excess value there. Same with Deuce McBride. Quentin Grimes at 25, a little disappointing this year, but greatly exceeding his draft value. And a little bit of a deep cut. We have this guy in Europe who we took in the second round, Rokas, Yaku, Baitis. Is, like is, is that the guard, or am I misremembering that? Is he a guard? Yeah, yeah he's I, the I got you. big point guard. He yep. could be on the team next year. No, I remember reading that. So I'd say we've actually done a great job drafting. We haven't had that many high picks. And draft picks don't work out more often than not, even when you get into the lottery. So no, you're I right, Max. done a great job there. Think about, and that good call, think about this too, guys. Like, I just went into, you know, the McBride and RJ, and even if you drafted a guy that you like, being able to spin it for something you like more, that's all part of the deal. That's what the elite teams do. Like, Toronto's done that for years, and some other really well team, run well team, well-run teams, pardon me, have done that, okay? But even bigger than that, think about the stench. Just the overall stench that engulfed the Garden. All these years, there were pickets and demonstrations. And I was asked to partake in them. I said, no, that's not my thing. Boycott the Garden. You know, talk about Isaiah stuff, Dolan stuff. I said, no, you do what you got to do. That's not my thing. Um, And look where we are now. You know, these guys, LeBron, that's why I'll always have a soft spot for Mari. Now, maybe no one else was going to quite give him that money with the bum knee. Okay. But at least Amari wanted us. That's why I always carve out respect for Amari Stoudemire. You know? And Carmelo wanted us too. And I, I do respect that aspect of it. All the other guys, they were terrified to come here. Because it seemed insurmountable what the Knicks were up against. I won't go work there. That toxic culture? Pass. And now look at it. You know? I'll say this, too, and Matt Ewing, along with Mattingly and Mullen and Bernard King, Wesley Walker, that's the short list. And Mark Jackson, my all-time favorite athletes right there. Corbett, one or two more, but you get the point. Paul O'Neill, even though I didn't let him on the show, and that was a little awkward. Um, Patrick Ewing, <laughs> we just started working together. I was like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? He's banning O'Neal. Oh, O'Neal was MFing me in the uh, on the Zoom. That's all right. If you, if you remember what happened, I stand by it. And I love you, Paulie. But Ewing, you know, game seven, whatever, pivotal game, seven seconds to go. The ball in, think about this, guys. The ball in Ewing's hands, the ball in Carmelo's hands, or the ball in Brunson's hands. Who do you want to have the ball? Brunson, superstar. And the Knicks, albeit unconventionally, not the easy way out with LeBron and those guys, the Knicks delivered, or Leon Rose delivered you a, now I'm not going to stutter. Do I stutter? What movie is that from? Breakfast Club. <laughs> See, this is what you get when you spill paint in the garage. Do I stutter? Leon Rose delivered you a superstar. Something that was elusive for so many previous bosses at the Garden. Best run team in the city, the Knicks. <laughs> Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All righty, BT and Sal back on the fan here. Uh, Sal is off. We're going a little solo. Missed my partner, but we'll be back battling tomorrow. 877-337-6666. So, the best-run team in the city is the Knicks. And I just went back, and I, you know, I, I remember most of the names, but God almighty. Wow. So, opening night, 2018-2019. That was the first of a fantastic, joyous ride to 17 wins and 65 losses. That was like the Fizdale mess. Oh, my God. The starting five that night, Lance Thomas, Hardaway, Enos, you know, Freedom, Trey Burke, and Frank Nealakita. Coming off the bench, Noah Vonley. I even forgot how I remember this guy. I could see his guy. I forget how to say his name. Uh, Hazonia, remember you remember that guy, Ron Baker from Wichita State, Trier, oh my God, and Kevin Knox, who is horrendous. That was 2018, 2019. Leon Rose came in March 2nd, 2020. So, what I'm gonna do now, and I had not done this, so it's not like it's lined up, you know. Hopefully, I can weaponize this. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to go the way I want, but I'm quite sure that it'll work out. All right, so he comes in on March 2nd, 2020. So I'm going to go back to the – I'm literally looking at the game log. Boom, 2020, 2019, 2020 season. Let's go to March 2nd. I don't remember if they played a game that night. Probably, yes, they did. Well, they won. What a fantastic they, – they, they won. They were now 19-42. and 42. Woo! So that night, shortly after Leon Rose was introduced – their lineup consisted of, obviously, Randall was here. Uh, Taj Gibson played big minutes. Respect. Mo Harkless, St. John's respect, but, you know, average, actually slightly below NBA player. Peyton was the starting point guard, and obviously R.J. Barrett was a kid. Then you had more of Kevin Knox, more of Neil Akita, Wayne Ellington, this was the team that this man inherited. And took a little bit of time. Not every draft pick was a home run. But this man's patience and this man's vision has proven to be, on the money, basically perfect. And to me, that's the big story. That's the story. Yeah, it's, it's Brunson, it's Randall, it's this, it's that. Who, who are we trading for next? I'll tell you this. I don't know exactly who they're going to trade for next. But I'm confident he's going to fit. I'm confident he's going to 
He's going to enhance the team. And I'm confident that whatever deletion they make will not be one that they regret. And that is emblematic of a well-run franchise. The best in the city. Better than the Yankees. Better than everybody. Uh, let me get Chris right here in the city, Manhattan, BT and Sal. What's up, Chris? Hey, BT. Love the show. Thanks, Chris. What's going on, buddy? Two words, my friend. Yes. Leon Rose. Leon Rose. Leon Rose. Let's go. If you look at the trade he just made, when it comes out, you're like, whoa, we gave quickly and Barrett and a pick for an OB, presses it to uh, and Malachi Flynn. Yeah, the, the guard, but yeah. Then when you, when you dissect it, you see not only did we lose Barrett's contract, mm-hmm. we weren't going to sign quickly. Mm-hmm. We got better floor spacing for Brunson and Randall. We got a three-point shooter in Anobi who can play D. We also got playing time for Grimes and, uh, and Deuce. Yes. And Deuce is playing out of his mind. There's two more moves. I hope they get Bruce Brown at the deadline here. Yep. And then make the big trade, save the ass, most of the assets, and make the big move in the summer. And then next year, we're on our way. That's it, man. That's the recipe, Chris. I don't disagree at all. I mean, I, I don't know how people don't see a championship path without guaranteeing anything, obviously. But a, a championship trajectory, you know, stated differently. I see it all. You know, I, I look at this team, and I don't know how many teams you could say this about. Now, there's obviously a couple of teams that are better than the Knicks. And the Knicks are chasing those teams. But there's not a bad contract on the team. None. And if you tell me Fournier, it's desirable. Because it's a $19 million expiring deal. That's going to be a good thing. Just trust me. No bad contracts. Stars. Youth. Draft assets. Terrific cap management. Coaching stability. High IQ. All-in personality. Depth. And player development. They're the best-run franchise in New York. Uh, let me get Chris in Michigan checking in. What's going on, Chris? Hey, what's up, BT? Love the show. Thanks, dude. What's going on? All right, so I'm here at work. I work uh, on the assembly line, General Motors, here in Flint, Michigan. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I watch all the games out of market, whatever. How'd you become, Chris? Hold on, Chris. How'd you become a Knicks fan? Okay. <laughs> me and my older brother, he's 10 years older than me, we collect sports cards. You got all the Michael Jordans. I got all the Patrick Ewings and John Stark. <laughs> well, you lost. <laughs> well, he did, he did the same thing with baseball. I'm a diehard Mets fan, too, but uh-huh. I digress. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Keep going. I think Brunson is a bona fide superstar, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think he's the best point guard in the East. I know all this Halliburton talk. We wouldn't really think that if he didn't do what he did to the Bucks last year. But I watched Brunson and Halliburton this summer in the FIBA tournament, mm-hmm. and those two played great together. I thought Brunson actually mentored him and taught him a lot. Now, the whole all-star talk, that's whatever. Brunson is a leader. He's a defensive menace. He leads the league in charges, all that stuff. I'm not positive this team needs to make another trade right now this year. I don't want to take shots away from the guys who's already got the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown would make sense. Yeah. But this team really reminds me of uh, my home state team, the 0-4 Pistons. They lock teams up with defense. Oh, yeah. Mr. Robinson, he plays just like Ben Wallace did. 
He ain't going to score points. He's going to rebound. He's going to block, block the heck out of your shot. Yeah, it's funny because I was working in Detroit when Ben was working there. I appreciate the call there, Chris. Yeah, I I see some similarities. But the one now it's a different NBA, so maybe this is unfair to those Pistons. This Nick team could drop a buck twenty on you with their eyes shut. They score easy. Now a lot of that's through Brunson, you know, uh, and the spacing's def- definitely better without Barrett and Randall kind of getting in each other's way. It's just a much better fit, you know. The OG stuff. And I know there was a reluctance to move away from Barrett and IQ. Of the two, it was always more quickly for me, but I knew they weren't going to resign him. So once you understood that, you had to embrace the trade. And you know that the Knicks are obviously going to resign OG. Anthony and Valley Stream, BT and Sal, what up, Ant? Hey, what's going on, BT? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Good. I just wanted to say one thing before uh, you and your old partner there, Lightning, you guys are the reason why I actually came back from satellite radio. Usually people love that stuff, but uh, listening to you guys religiously. so I appreciate uh, that, you, and, and I know Sal would as well. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, we just try to have yeah, some yeah, fun yeah. And, and keep it real, get loose every day. Thank you, Anthony. Yep, yep. And I like I like the pairing with the Sal, too. So didn't lose a stride, BT. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, obviously you guys mentioned what I wanted to talk about, how um, some people want to talk about the Knicks draft picks and, oh, they don't do a good job drafting. You covered it, the guy Mark. Um, you know, Mitch was a hit, maybe not superstar, but Deuce shows promise, Grime shows promise. So I want to pivot to something else. If you look at the um, the trade, uh, you know, the umbrella of people who are going to be traded this year, it seems like a lot of guys really fit the Knicks, whether they be on one-year contracts or, you know, what they bring, like Jordan Clarkson, his contract drops to $14 million a year. Yep. That's two years after this. He's a microwave off the bench. We need that. DeRozan is a guy I'm number one on, like you said. Um, Tyus Jones, mm-hmm. more general, no turnovers. Um, do you think if they make, let's say you can get a wish list and they grab two guys. They're able to grab, you know, like a Daniel Gafford or an Andre Drummond, a smaller guy, and a DeRozan you like. Do you think that there's a better team in the East, one through nine, if they're able to make that kind of trade? I think you can make the case, and that's that's an interesting way to frame it. It doesn't guarantee ultimate uh, excuse me, ultimate success, and thanks for the call there, Anthony. But I think that you can make the case that from one through wherever you want to go, you want to go to 10, stretch it out to 11, not that 11 is going to get any run, you know. You can make the case that the Knicks have the, the most functional, deepest roster in the NBA. Because there's no precipitous drop from their stars. Like, you look at the, I mean, trust me, there's teams that are a little more top-heavy, but then there's a drop. I mean, you got guys coming off the bench who are legit. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo is like a souped-up John Starks. More efficient. I know we love John, but what a move. He's making $10 million. Nothing. So... I don't think that that's crazy. I really don't. Matt is up in uh, Peekskill. What's up, Matt? Yo, how you doing? What's going on, BT? How are you, bud? Uh, I can't tell Sal the sucker today, uh, but I'm gonna here to talk about. Why the are you? What were you? What are you mad at Sal for? What did he do now? Even though he's not no, on the air, remember, why would you say that to him? No, what did he do? Remember? No, you remember? I know. I, I was the Jets fan. I know. I'm sorry. My, I got my apologies. I'm kidding. My apologies. I was a little bit mad that you called Carmelo lazy. He led the league and. For small forwards and like offensive rebounds, he was lazy. Was Stop, he was lazy. Ah, Come okay. on, all right. But the thing is, Jalen Brunson is not only a superstar; 
He is a superstar who can lead a championship team. And there are three players that we have seen earlier, and people talk, I mean, someone just earlier talked about um, um, uh, Billups, Chauncey Billups. Yep. We've already seen someone like Walt Clyde Frazier. But most recently, and no one's talking about this, Steph Curry, who only became Steph Curry when he was 27 years old. Mm. That was when he became the MVP the person who made all the threes because before with Mark Jackson, he wasn't that star. He was a guy who was just making, you know, his rounds playing pretty well, maybe making some big plays, but until he became that superstar with the team around him, that's when he became that star. And we're seeing the same kind of ascension with Jalen Brunson. I mean, it's, I mean, Matt, you're getting me excited here, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm excited. I am. I am. Have you seen what we have done to the best teams in the NBA? How can you not be excited? Well, I mean, but it's not. Well, no, I am. I, but I think the Steph stuff is a little nuts here. Come on, dude. How is it? I think it's not nuts. It is. I think it it's actually very nuts. is. It very much shows the direction that we are going mm-hmm. and the talent that that guy has. There's a reason why the entire city is rallying around this guy. You know, who's There's a say- reason why every old school Knicks fan is showing up in droves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here. <laughs> Matty, I've never been ex- as more as excited as a Knicks fan. Like you said, this is the most well-run Knicks team that we've ever had. Yeah. And so, now we have the talent mm-hmm. around it. Yeah. So, but we do. I, I mean, I, Brunson is just. I love this. Go. I love him. I mean, I sit there with my son, who's who just turned nine. We watch every Knicks game. I'm like, just watch this guy. I'm like, he's amazing, and he's so low maintenance, and he's such a great teammate, and he is so efficient. And he's just, I mean, he's the man. So, hey, Huff, the number one sporting star right now in our New York landscape is Judge. I mean, very, number two, very well might be Soto, but where's Brunson? Shesterkin's taking a step back. Nobody on the Nets quite to there. Hughes, obviously, Devil's sick young player. Nobody with the Mets at that point yet. I mean, can you make the case, because Soto hasn't even dug into the batter's box right now, that it is, I think you can. I'm, I'm really rhetorically asking. Judge one, Brunson two. It's possibility. The only other person I say might be above him just because the name and his stock is Aaron Rodgers, but I, he hasn't done anything for us. <laughs> but, I mean, I got to be honest, that name, that's, that's still a, what he's done in the past. It's hard to put him below anybody else. Uh, but yeah, the, I think you could di- definitely Brunson's a top three mm-hmm. at this moment. Yeah, Dove just said in my ear, you know, Saquon. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I don't think he's back next year. I think that's it. I think Saquon's the next giant, and it stinks. But that's the business of football. He's a great guy, he's a hell of a player. But they've endured so much losing. And it's certainly not his fault. And a running back can't elevate at times an often moribund team. But he's got the charisma, you know, not a bad one, but it's Brunson. No, it's Brunson. How about Hector? What's up, Heck? BT, how you doing, brother? I'm doing okay. How's Washington Heights today? I was playing hooky today, man. What's that? I was playing hooky today. What's going on? No, he's off. He's off today. He's back tomorrow, I believe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm not even going to get into it. No, stop. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to call in BT because, man, it, it, I'm going to try to tie it into two of my teams, right? The Mets and the Knicks, of course. Ecstatic about the Knicks, ecstatic, right? But as a fan, right, sometimes we get upset 
sometimes we want these headline moves, right? And sometimes they make moves that we don't really know we we scream about. So the Knicks go and hire Leon Rose. And I'm here calling the radio show. What are we doing? Now we're going to try this agent stuff. I just seen it go down with the Mets. I, I, I don't have any hopes for this. You know, the whole World Wide West and all of this nonsense. Uh-huh. And it goes on little by little. And then there's, there's no big moves and no Donovan Mitchell, no this, no that. And people are going nuts. And I'm just like, ah, whatever. And now we're here now. And even Jalen Brunson, BT, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I called here. I used to argue with my guy, Doug, from Long Island, who calls the station too. And he's a big Jalen Brunson guy. And at first, I was like, ah, okay, he had the little nice playoff run, whatever. But then he comes to the Knicks, and I'm watching little by little. And I'm also upset because I'm like, man, I'm a big Mark Jackson guy. Mark Jackson is my favorite basketball player. Oh, I love, I love Mark Jackson, man. He right? was, he was sick. Guy, love them. But he's a different type of point guard, right? Yeah. And I'm old school. So I'm like, man, this guy shoots too much. Get other guys involved, whatever. <laughs> Fast forward, I'm in love with this dude. Yeah. And, 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 and my buddy Duck kept telling me, who's he going to pass to right now? He needs to do what he's doing. And he was right. And now Bruns is taking over, and he's let us, along with Randall, whom I love, mm-hmm. to where we are now, probably more than you do. I, I forget if you love Randall or not. No, I mean, I, I, I love, love him, and I respect him. I just I just wonder when the heartbeat he, slows he, down he, in the playoffs. That that worries me, but I'm I'm a yeah. big Randall fan. Yeah, I hear you on that. But my point is to tie this to the match, and thank you so much for the time, is, you know, here we are with the match, and people are going crazy, and fire sterns, and, and Cohen is cheap, and Cohen is that, because we're not making big headline moves. And we're not getting Justin Turner and guys like that. And guys are losing their mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I've been there, but I cannot do that right now while I'm watching the Knicks. And I'm loving the heck out of what's going on. And I think this team could really go on a run. Yes, yeah. Did they make another move or two to tighten things up? Absolutely. Does it depend on Julius Randle's self? Absolutely. But, and I know you probably defer, you disagree on this. I have high hopes the most for the match, too. I got to trust that this guy who has a reputation for having done great things, can turn this team around and make us a consistent win. Oh no, that, Hector! I think at. of it. No, Heck, I think. Knicks, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Let it go. That's right. Let's go Knicks. That's right. And no down. No, I think Stearns will get the Mets ready. Listen, any conversation that me and Sal have about the Mets, there's two aspects. There's the future, which I'm very bullish on, and there's this year, which I think is going to be borderline unwatchable in spots. I just do, you know, and. In stark contrast, the Knicks, think about this, guys. The Knicks are must-watch. The energy now about the Knicks is permeating other teams' buildings. I mean, I know a lot of people leave New York, go down south, but what was there, 10,000 Knicks fans at the, at the Charlotte game last night? Chanting, let's go Knicks, MVP, MVP. Who else is must-watch? Now, and I don't mean like, you know, Boomer's a massive Rangers fan. Even if they're an average team, of course, Boomer's watching. He's locked in. He's a diehard. Respect it. But from the the other aspect or the other prism of entertainment, like the buzz, the aura, it's back. The Knicks are on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You must watch. It's just great. And it's all because of Leon Rose. 877-337-6666. on the button. BT and Sal, back to you calls next on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. You know, I've got a question. I've got a question for everybody that's old enough, and, and it's not that long ago, so most of you, I'm sure, fit the bill, to have watched Carmelo Anthony in his entire career. See, I, I think we needed somebody like Brunson to convince those who still believe that Carmelo was some transformative, amazing, you know, transcendent player who basically, at the end of the day, really did nothing with the Knicks and is completely overrated. Jalen Brunson shows you what a winning player looks like every night. You know, it's going to sound insane. And I, I I go here respectfully. I go here with a smile. And I go here admitting, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. And it's going to come across as blasphemous. So I guess I better brace myself a little bit here. I mean, I'm not even sure that Clyde Frazier had this impact. I'm not even sure. Don't don't look at me like I got nine heads or I'm a cyclops with one eye. I'll tell you why. And again, I say I'm not even sure. Willis Reed, the Busher, Bradley, the Pearl for championship number two. I I mean, if if this keeps up, uh, this is gonna be you know blasphemy part two. Brunson's gonna be a better Nick than Ewing. That's how good this guy is. He is amazing. And the Carmelo apologist, I just don't get it. It's like, listen, and and I admit, I do admit, I am adversely affected by this pertaining to my diagnosing of Jet quarterbacks. I admit, I'm guilty. The dearth of quality quarterback play for the New York Jets in my lifetime, admittedly, has made my mind mush when it comes to the quarterback position for the New York Jets. I admit it. I admit it. And I think, especially if you're like, you know, thir- early 30s and obviously younger, you, you've seen nothing. All you had was Carmelo. And I get it. When things are bad, you know, 54-win season aside, you gravitate to the best player on the bad teams. I mean, you know, I'm sure that they were Met fans. Well, I know there were. Everybody loved Lee Mazzilli back in the day. They were wretched. How about when Joe Torre was the skipper, you know? When Lee first burst on the scene. Neil Allen, Doug Flynn after the trade. That team. Awful. But for many young Met fans, Lee Mazzilli was their Willie Mays. I get it. But that's as a kid. Like, as an adult, you should now be able to process the vast difference, the obvious difference, between a team first star and a selfish star. 
and you know what Brunson is. 877-337-6666. Uh, let's get back to you, BT and Sal, Adam, South Jersey. What's up, Adam? Brandon, what's up? I'm so proud of my Brooklyn brother from the hood, man. You've done so good with this. I got to say it to you every time. We're all proud of you from back home. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you very much, Adam. There is no doubt about the Knicks. They they are must-see TV. Now, my wife is even asking me, are the Knicks playing tonight? My wife, who's as casual as it gets, Uh she wants to see this team because they're fun. Now, what Leon Rose has done since he come in, and I, I don't know if a lot of people really grasp this, he came into cap hell. This team was. Ah, we lose you, Phil Jackson. Okay, uh, dude, it was a mess, mm-hmm. and this really isn't that long of a time that he's transformed this in. No, he's used some smart assets, smart trades, and let's be honest about this: who thought Jalen Brunson was this? He is a dog. <laughs> uh, watching him, I, I'm having. Uh, you, you're right. I'm having more fun watching him than I have watching Patrick. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know but it's, it's, it's crazy. It's <laughs> boy. It's I don't I, I don't even want to say that because it just sounds so wrong. But you know Patrick and Patrick was amazing. Adam, thanks for the call. Certainly, thanks for the support, man. I really do appreciate that. Patrick was a laborious watch. He was a laborious watch. He get the ball. You know, he'd hold it. He jab step. He pump fake. He demanded the post. Sometimes he'd drop it. Not a great clutch free throw shooter. You know, didn't have great hands. You know, didn't always come up big in the biggest moments, like in '94 when he was thoroughly outplayed by Olajuwon. By the way, Patrick shot 37.8 percent in that series. 37.8 percent in that series against Olajuwon for a big man. You know, and Elijah was just better, and there's no crime in that, but Pat did not play well. He didn't. He would have won the MVP. Derek Harper would have. I've always said that about that 94 Nick team. The bottom line, though, is Patrick dragged inferior teams, just dragged them. We love Starks. We love Mace. Rest in peace. We love all the other ancillary pieces who probably had no real business being in the middle, we're going to keep it real, championship runs. And... Like being important cogs, like guys who like took big shots. They should have been on the periphery. Like, yeah, fringe. Eh. Patrick never had the second star. But even if he did, Patrick was just inherently flawed. And he didn't see it at Georgetown because he was, you know, I mean, outside of Kareem and Walton, you can make the case that Patrick's one of the top three, four all-time greatest collegiate players. You can really make that case. But you didn't see the flaws come to the surface. Different game. Just exert his sheer physical dominance over people. You know, that that prowess just jumping over. You lean, explosive Pat. But then when Pat got, you know, a couple of years in, again, all-star, awesome player, our guy, he did not Im- – this is just the fact. He did not impact winning night to night, the way Jalen Brunson does. Period. That's it. Who said it? Was it... It was somebody on a national show. Was it Kendrick Perkins? By the way, Big Perk always always speaks up for the Knicks. Thank you, Perk. I think Stephen A would speak up for the Knicks. Stephen A's telling us that Brunson's not a superstar. You got Big Perk telling us that he is. Anyway, I think it was Perk who said that the Knicks are not properly advertised, or however he described it throughout the city. And whomever said that is absolutely right. Can we get some freaking billboards in Times Square? Can we get a monster? I don't know if we need Dwight Gooden, you know, that that 
amazing painting than Nike thing back in the mid-'80s, but how about something like that at Jalen Brunson? Because outside of Aaron Judge, there is no bigger star in this city. Can we start pushing this? Like, this is a team you got to watch. I can't wait till tonight's game. Can't wait. By the way, thank you, Nets, for uh, tuning up the Utah Jazz last night. You know, what is it, game six of a lengthy trip? Knicks will win. Uh, Mario Long Beach, BT and Sal on the fan. Mario, what's happening, buddy? How you doing? Hey, hey, how you doing? Nice show. Thanks. You know, I just want to revisit what we spoke about earlier, that, and maybe you might think a little bit differently about it. The Mikhail Bridges deal, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a great fit for the uh, for the Knicks, and it's a good deal for the Knicks. And I'll give you the reasons why. But you I never told me what you're giving up, so let me hear the deal before you tell me why it's a good deal for the Knicks. Uh, I think it's a good deal for the Knicks. Because, no, no, you uh, never told me what the Nets are getting, so I, I can't evaluate okay, until you so make the, okay, what okay, is Okay, the Nets are getting Grimes, Fournier, and two number one picks. Yeah, do it tomorrow, of course. Okay, but I think it's good for the Nets, too. Uh, I mean, the, uh, because I don't see Bridges as good, right? He's a real good player, but mm-hmm. he's not an alpha male. He's not a number one guy. He, he, he can't take that pressure. He's not one of those guys who says, give me the ball, and I'm going to go out there and beat you. He's a number two or a number three, which would be a per- perfect fit for the Knicks. Now, not only do they put the Villanova team together, he also plays good defense, too, which Thibodeau likes. Yep. So you move him into DiVincenzo's spot. DiVincenzo comes off the bench. Now you've got to score off the bench. You're, you're set, you're set, you're ready to go, and I think you can win the championship. I'll hang up and listen to your response. I mean, I'm sold. Thanks for taking Yeah, no, you got what? it. No, thanks, Barry. I saw something yesterday. Let's say you're going to see all these wacky trade proposals. Somebody yesterday had something floating around. The Knicks gave it up five first-round picks uh, for Bridges and, and Grimes, and, and I think it was 48 expiring. You had to have the money match, obviously. Five. No. Not giving up five. No. I mean, he's not coming here. First of all, the Knicks and Nets are never making that high-level trade. That's not going to happen. What, um... Has there ever been... Hoff, you wouldn't know this. You have to be... And Dove, I don't think you would either. What's the most players, like in a starting five, were in a in a rotation that played together collegiately? I mean, this has to be the record. Maybe, like, back in the day, fewer teams... You know, those smaller teams didn't have a lot of a lot of players drafted, like the mid-majors weren't as viable as they've been the last 20, 30 years. So, I don't know. I'm sure there's some outlier historically that I don't know about. The Syracuse Nationals, I don't know. But, I mean, this is ridiculous. They got, it, it's just, it, it just all adds to the enjoyment of watching this team's chemistry and their professionalism, you know. And I'll tell you, you keep this up, Tibbs projects still youthfully. He's, he's you know... He's excitable. I think he's I think he's tweaked a few things. Yeah, the minute distribution, still worry about that a little bit, but I don't think he's the taskmaster that he once was. I don't I know I know he, he's not. He's definitely evolved a bit. Kind of like Coughlin. Minus the championships. A lot of respect for for Tom Thibodeau. But if and when he ever ages out, bring in Jay Wright. There you go. Perfect. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, BT and Sal back on the fan. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata. Speaking of Sal, we'll get back into it. Uh, Thursday, game number four. Game number four. 
Uh, the BT and Sal Baseball Card World Series. I'm up two to one. Sal with a strong bounce back the other day. And it's uh, the 2 3 2 format. So he's got a few more years to pick. So advantage him, but I've got the last two. So uh, that's that's going to go deep. That that's, that's, it feels like it's going to be seven. And the other thing, if you missed it yesterday, and I got, I really, you know, Hoff, we got to flush through this off the air, but, you know, obviously the perfect parlay means Sal lost the bet. And and Hoff just, I mean, put us in the most unwinnable, unenviable position because the bet, and I don't know, I don't know why I came up with this. Well, maybe because I thought I would win. The losers have to dress as WWE characters. We've talked about this a ton on the show. Now, you got to understand, right when the Ultimate Warrior came in is when I checked out. You know, I was all, you know, Macho Man, Hulk, Ricky Steamboat, obviously Roddy Piper, Piper's Pit, Snooker back in the day, Morocco, more old school. And I checked out. And I didn't realize how... I mean, I guess I did through documentaries, but I, I guess I kind of omitted it temporarily as I was putting this bet out there. Some of the strange characters that have permeated the WWE. So I didn't think that it would be this painful. It is painful. Uh, Sal, if you missed it, since I won the secondary part of the bet, I get to choose. Trust me, there's no winners. Sal is doink, and I am gold dust. And I have vacillated ever since. I, I vacillated moving up. I'm up to the choice. I'm like, ah. I was going to actually be, I was going to be doink. And then, I'm like, I, the clown, I don't know. Then I saw some pictures of Gold Dust, you know, without the wig, and I'm like, okay, I think I could do this. And I went back and forth, and then even when I was driving uh, to St. John's yesterday to, to interview Patino for the Red Storm Report, I thought about this a lot because we did it toward the end of the show, and I'm like, man, did I do the right thing? I don't know. But you guys will get a pound of flesh, and you'll get to see this. And it's the Friday before the Super Bowl. Yikes! And we got to hire a makeup artist. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna look like uh, you know. I'm not gonna say what I said during the commercial break there, Hop. But we it's got to be done professionally. So I see these YouTube videos with Goldust doing it, and I think that I can do it because you know the the way the now there's two types of eye black, like the thick thick one or the pointy one. The pointy one's more like a, I guess like a woman's lipstick, if if that makes sense. And I think I can outline. I think, I think. The black stuff that that gold dust eventually shades in, and then I I found like a a gold dust, you know, like a glue stick, a paint for my face. So I think I could do it, but half, it's it we we can't like it's got to be done right. Yeah, no, do we have that, the budget? I mean, do we have any budget? Do you want the real answer? Yes. No. <laughs> yes, I but, did. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have the budget, but I w- we'll make it work. Yeah, and no, I will, we will. I will say this much. Mm. You guys are going to be all in. I appreciate it. You're committed, and that's what we do here. We go all in. Oh, yeah. Although Sal said he's trying to back out. Yeah, he's not backing out. No, he's, he's not. He's, but he's he said yes. He has, he's not. Gonna, I'm going to. If that happens, it's going to be the end of Sal. No, it's going to be the end of me and Sal because <laughs> I will I will refuse to work with Sal. Sal is not the back out of a bet kind of a guy. I know he's not. He's going to pay it off, and we'll look like idiots, and we'll have a little fun. 877-337-6666. BT and Sal. Minus Sal. Today's back tomorrow. Uh, listen. Before we get the Nick stuff again, so our buddy um, Cotter Hughes, who's great and was in studio the other day, had a pretty interesting tweet. Obviously covers both the Jets and the Giants. I think maybe a little bit deeper on the Jets over the years, but I tweeted something about an hour or so ago. Joe Shane reiterated that the plan is for Daniel Jones to be the starter entering training camp, but he did not rule out drafting a quarterback, though. And, of course, you know he cited the Green Bay method in parentheses. Now, to me, that's the right play. 
and I've always thought this, I, I don't know how the Giants walk away this from this draft without a quarterback. I, I don't know. Because if you play this well, and Daniel Jones is healthy and solid, he's never going to be a superstar. Please, we just we we know this, okay? So let's stop the pipe dream. He's good. He's solid. He he can win enough that makes the season interesting. Yeah, this is what a young star looks like. Look at Jordan Love. That's what a young ascending superstar looks like. And then C.J. Stroud, many others. That's not Daniel Jones, and it never will be. But he's good. So he can give you a good season next year, which means, you know, provided they fix up some other weaknesses, O-line, et cetera. And I like the shell of their young defense. So I think there's promise for the Giants for sure. Got to get another receiver as well. But they're supposed to be competitive next year and win, you know, nine-ish games around there, I think. I don't think that'll be the Vegas over-under, but I think they should win nine or so. And if that's the case, they're not going to be drafting like this again. So I'm a believer in when you're in, and that's why when they drafted, you know, Saquon all those years ago, number two, I mean, it made no sense on every level. But when you're in a position to draft the quarterback, you got to get him. Unless the guy that, you know, unless you have Mahomes or Stroud or a Herbert or a Lawrence, and not that Lawrence is a superstar yet, but you know what I mean, that young, thought-to-be-emerging superstar. So it's going to be very interesting how the Giants play this. Months to diagnose it. You know, the draft is still a couple of months away. But I I do think Daniel Jones is the starter week one. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think DeVito would be on the team, I think. I think somebody's going to lure Tyrod Taylor away. And I think if somebody that they love is there, they're absolutely going quarterback early. And they should. 877-337-6666. Let's get Joe and Paramus. What's going on, Joe? Calling about Pete Alonzo. Um, been a Met fan for 55 years. And to hear you say that, oh, no one turns on the TV to watch Alonzo, who's hit more homers in the last five years than anyone in his, in baseball, yeah. and trade him away when you don't know what you're going to get. This guy's 29 years old. Mm-hmm. He's a mainstay. I don't know what you want to trade him for. You're not going to replace 45 homers and 120 RBIs oh my at least for the next five years. Jeez, oh, Joe. I think you're lost with that. Okay, Joe, don't, do, don't hang up. I want to have a conversation with you here, Joe. I just, I don't know how you don't see this. Now, I I respect your commitment to wanting to keep Pete. I do. I get it. But when you say, and this drives me nuts, and I've said it a million times, you're not going to replace 45 home runs in 120 with one guy. You're not. No one, Joe, I'm not saying it. I've never once even remotely intimated that you trade Pete and you get another first baseman, you plug him in, and he does what Pete does. You'd be an idiot to think that. What I am saying very clearly, Joe, is for for months now, actually half a year, is that you can get rid of Pete, who you've won nothing with, who is aging at a position where righty, heavy-footed first basemen generally do not get paid at this age. That's the trend. You can debate it, but it's the trend. And you can then take the money and disperse it the rest of the field and, I don't know, become a better baseball team and actually win. I disagree with you. Build around him, okay? He's 29. He's not 34. Uh, All right? All right, Joe. You're locked into your point. I got you. I got you. And for you to say no one would turn on the TV to watch, home runs are the most exciting things in baseball, and he hits more than anyone over the past five years. I understand that. I don't know if he would say that if he was on the Yankees and he hit more home runs than anyone else in five years. Now, you know what I love, Joe? I'm going to give you a compliment here. I like your tenacity, Joe. 
Because I mentioned Judge and Brunson. This is what we were talking about. And I'm not going to hang up on you yet, Joe. Stay with me. I mentioned Judge, must watch. Brunson, must watch. Who else? <laughs> like, who else is there? I never mentioned Pete's name. You bring him up, which I respect. And he's on the short list as well because his power is absolutely prodigious. And, yes, home runs are amazing to watch, even though you see three or four every night and it's kind of watered down. But you're taking this personally. Like, you are reaching for something I said months ago and weeks ago and tying this into the Brunson stuff. And you know what, Joe? I got to give you credit standing up for your guy. I sincerely – now, I would trade him, and I'm never going to run from that. I don't think I would – I would not pay Pete Alonso massive money, not when he's going to be 30 before you know it, not when he's coming off a down year, not when that's not the trend. You do that, good for you. I would trade him, but I respect your, your support for Pete. I do. I do. Well, again, you know, I, I, I think you're wrong. That's okay. We can disagree. Yeah, no, I feel um, like, Joe, the reason I'm keeping you on the line is because I feel like the, you you want to air some stuff. Like, you got things that are, that are in your mind and you got some anger toward me. Air it out, dude. Let's go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Number one, I, I think, and I like your show. And there, there are a few things. Number one, I think what you do is you try to be off the charts in a, in a way where people say, oh, my God, he said that. Like Zach Wilson being good, no chance. Last year, the Yankees and Mets making the playoffs, no chance. And and now, the 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 only other thing that about and again, I enjoy listening to you and mm-hmm. everyone. You know, has their opinion, and that's cool. Sure. You you seem like a nice guy, but you boast about the fact that in traffic you go in the illegal lane and go up. I mean, like yeah. for a nice guy to boast about that. Well, I don't listen, know, I, I got to get where I got to go, Joe. Okay, yeah. so you're proud of doing that. That's cool. I'm sorry, okay. Joe. I'm going to turn myself. I'm going to. I'm going to put handcuffs on my. I'm going to turn myself in. It's, that's no, an, I don't. Expect that's an infraction break, that is unacceptable, okay, you didn't Joe. Nobody does anybody, that. But to boast Come about on. that, Joe. I, well, on. Joe. Joe. Wait. It came up in conversation. I didn't open the show with, "Hey, guess what I did today." It just came up organically, dude. Okay, if you think that's a good thing, that's again, you didn't you didn't kill anybody, you didn't murder anybody, yeah. you didn't break into anyone's house. I'm not saying it's on that level. Okay, but to boast about that on the air? Well, no, it wasn't boasting, like... Joe. Well, listen, Joe. When, when listen, when you leave, let's say we leave the same. We're at the. Let's say we're both at the garden watching a game, and we have to both go 26 miles, maybe in different directions, whatever, to our homes. And I take my route, and I beat you by 18 minutes. I'll be happy. Okay. All right, buddy. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Joe? No, no, no. I just, I just, I think you lost with Alonzo. That's all. I got, hey, listen, Joe, you're not the only one, bud. Thanks for the call. You're not the only one, Joe. I get it. So let's see. Let me just attack the list that uh, Joe has an issue with here. Uh, Zach. Yeah, I missed it. I missed it. Um, He said that I said that the Yanks and Mets would both be playoff teams. Incorrect. Go back when I was still with T because me and Sal got together. Yeah, you know, at the end of the summer, I said the Mets would not be a playoff team. And I was right. I thought the Yankees would be, and I was wrong. And the Alonzo stuff, it, it's not so much a right or a wrong. It's subscribing to a certain philosophy. And I subscribe to the philosophy that I subscribe to. I'm going to ask you this, whether it's Joe or anybody else. Name the team that is built around an aging. I know he's not old, but he's, he's getting, you know, in the middle of his prime. An aging, big, thick, slow, right-handed hitting first baseman. Name the team. And I don't mean a team from 1985. Now, who's the, who is that team? There's zero. 
And there's, you know, that's not by accident. The game's become so much more athletic. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an average fielder. He's fine. You know, it's funny. I was messing around with, with obviously, Evan's podcast, and, and Hoff's a big part of that, the Rico. <laughs> like, that's the kind of first baseman I think that you need. Just hit 25 doubles, hit 280, pick it, and then have, I don't know, better players around the rest of the field. Like a DH and a third baseman. You know? And and and, and, and no disc because he's one of ours, but eventually somebody other than Bader for one year in center field. And somebody in right when Marte either gets hurt, which he probably will, though he looked healthy in, in winter bowl, and I'm rooting for him. So I'm dropped down a bunt. I'm watching. Or his contract is up. He signed a four-year deal. This is what, year three? He's gone soon. So I don't know what to tell you. You could challenge my philosophy, but you can't. Now, you could say that I was wrong about Zach. I'll own it. I'll take the L. And if I wanted to be cute, I can even pivot. And I won't. I'll, I'll just take the L like a man. But I could throw all the stuff. The Jets failed them. Solace stinks. The O-line's awful. They have one receipt. I could play that game, but I won't. You get drafted. What do you do? They didn't win enough. They didn't put up the numbers. He's going to be gone. Fine. Take the L. But you can't tell me I'm wrong on Pete because it's a philosophy and it's yet to be either proven or disproven. But if I, listen, if I ran the Mets, I would trade him. Don't know what else you want me to tell you. I would trade him. 877-337-6666. Anthony's in Rockland County. BT and Sal, what up, Ant? What's going on, brother? I cannot agree with you anymore. I mean, this is why I don't agree with a lot of Mets fans. I'm a Yankees fan myself, but I think Yankee fans would trade in home runs for guys that hit for average and get some hits. Yes. I mean, the home runs only get us so far in the regular season. Come playoffs, we're, we're going up against, you know, the aces, the best of the best, and we get nowhere. Our, our main guys don't hit, and Mets fans have to see that, too. With Alonzo, what are you bat, 220 last year? Yep. You're now, now, now one thing, yet, though, to be fair to Pete, that's un- until, you know, he proves that it that it's, that it's it is the outlier. It, it, you know, it's the outlier. He's not that kind of hitter regularly, but it was it was alarmingly bad, the average. Yeah, I mean, 220, you've never – Judge competes with Alonzo with home runs and RBIs every year. Judge is up by the 280s, 290s, 300s every single year, yep. and Yankee fans still get on him for not hitting in the postseason. So – I mean, the whole Alonzo thing, I'm on your side, man. I think that they should get rid of him, even though he's a great guy. I love watching him as well. But if you want to get a better team, if you can get two or three guys that can get for hit for 280, why not? You'll yep. probably win more games. And that's what I'm saying. And I get the sensitivity of the topic. It is it is as it's it's personal. Not I mean me versus you, but it's personal for you that Pete stays. Of course I respect that. Of course I get that. I mean, I'd be a soulless sports host if I didn't. Of course I do. But think about the last truly great Mets team who was playing first base. What did Keith hit? 17 home runs? Ish. You know? So, I just think it's an antiquated way to build a team. Myself. But, you know, it's me. 877-337-6666. BT and Sal on the fan. All right, coming up. We're going to hit you with the crown, get you the top story. Two more hours after that, minus Sal, but uh, we are rolling. The Alonzo stuff is starting to take off a little bit. And the New York Knicks, top story. Not Brunson a star, not Randall worthy of a number two. Yes, that matters. Not as much as this. The Knicks are the best-run franchise in New York. 
When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, what's going on? BT and Sal back on the Fan 1203 on this Tuesday. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata, minus our guy Sal today. All right, so the top story is this. Crown time, amazingly, stunningly, inconceivably, the Knicks, somehow, the Knicks are the gold standard on how to run a franchise in New York. They are the best-run franchise currently. And I don't really know that it's particularly close. Yeah, you make a little case for the Yankees. Yeah, you make a little case for the Rangers. That's it. I don't see any other case that could be remotely made. And listen, you've got to understand, and I know you appreciate this, but I think to understand the depth of, of, of how far they had sunk. And not like it's one thing to be irrelevant, but when you're irrelevant and you're dysfunctional, it, that is just next level pain. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas wasn't that long ago. It's not like we're talking about Bernard King in the, in the earliest 80s. I mean, this was in the earliest 2000s, you know? Stephon Marbury, Eddie Curry, after that, Derek Fisher, Jeff Hordasek, Phil Jackson, who was bi coastal. The guy comes here to run the Knicks and even live here the entire time. What a joke. Failed pick after failed pick. Gross, negligent mismanagement of money, salary, capel, absolute train wreck. And now you flip on the Knicks, who are suddenly must watch. And you know what you see? You see no bad contracts. You see stars. You see youth. You see draft assets. You see outstanding, prudent cap management. You see coaching stability. You see IQ. You see depth. You see player development, and you see passion. Like, you know, I know we always try to find a team and maybe bring it back to a, a previous team, and it's easy, well, because the Knicks aren't really that good that often, so we generally go back to the mid-'90s. I'm not even going to do that because I think this team is certainly more talented just in terms of pure skill, but the NBA is very different, so I don't want to lean on that too much. I, I don't think it's really significant. But what this team does bring that that team brought is night-to-night integrity. These guys play their asses off every night. Pleasure, and it's awesome. And they're the best-run team we have. Thanks to Leon Rose, who still doesn't get the love that he should. I don't understand it. Why, because he's a bit of a, of a recluse? He is. But, hey, he could be the J.D. Salinger of, 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 you know, presidents. And you don't have to say a word. That's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. All right, let's get back to you guys. Vinny in Northvale. Vinny, what's cooking, buddy? BT and Sal, how you doing? Hey, BT, how are you? I'm good, Vince. I couldn't agree with you more. I love this team. I mean, I'm 45, and, and uh, you know, I love the Spreewell, Mason, Oakley teams, and Ewing. But this team, I mean, every guy on the team, the roster plays hard. We go to – my boys are teenagers. We go to the games. Uh, I did disagree with the caller, though. I, I do not want Bridges. He can't shoot at all. In the playoffs, when they double Randall, we need a shooter. I would like to get DeMar DeRozan. Yep. 
I don't think he's going to cost a lot. I think he'd be a good, a nice fit in our squad. Oh God, I would love DeRozan. I would love. Now, let me ask you this, there, Vin. You say you go to the Garden. You're really enjoying this team. You're going with your kids, which is amazing. Um, did you ever check out? Like a lot of Knicks fans checked out. Did you even watch them when they were horrendous? Like you know, Neil Akita drafted and like those bad, bad teams. So I did not check out. I watched nice. all through the lean years, which is, I think, why I appreciate yeah. this team so much more. There you go. You know, yes. and I and I got to tell you, I look around the NBA, and I love Tibbs. I don't think there's a – besides Spolstra and maybe Pop, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd want coaching the team. You know, and by the way, thanks for the call there, Vin. Love it. You know, listen, uh, first of all, Popovich annoys me. Uh, he's always got something to say about everything. Just shut up, dude, because without superstars, you win nothing. We're tired of hearing from Popovich. Get lost. But – even Spolstra, and we were talking about this before the show, you know, Spike pointed this out. And without LeBron, I think Spike said Spolstra has only had one above 500 NBA season. Is that what he said? Oh, fi- pardon me. That good, good. Yes. 50 win season. There you go. Now, I, I get it. If you don't have good players, you're not going to win. Understood. But Tom Thibodeau has kind of remade who he is, you know? Because if he was still the the hard-ass and inflexible guy that I think he was earlier, they just wouldn't respond to him. He'd be out. He'd be out of the NBA. But there's, he, you know, he's proven to be adaptable, like Tom Coughlin did, and you got to respect that. And his team plays hard every night. They're unselfish. They genuinely seem to love the game. You know, and that's such a... Um, as such a rare commodity in today's NBA, you know, growing up, like I really started watching basketball in the eighties, the mid eighties, NBA, and like I don't, I I know like Denver scored a ton of points, and there it was some, you know, the Lakers got up and down the court, they scored a buck twenty here and there, buck thirty, but generally it was a more of a grinded out, you know, um, um, more representative of. Of 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 team basketball, <clears throat> I know it's a generalization here, but and it just seemed like they had more pride in their job, and that's dissipated largely. I mean, I watch the NBA every night. I will tell you this: I don't watch the way I used to. I watch the Knicks every night. I, outside of the good team, there was a point, and eh, maybe even I had some money on some of these games, so I'd watch more. Like the Knicks aren't on, and I don't pop into the Nets for a minute or two. I don't I, unless it's like a Celtics box or. You know, Lakers, Warriors, and I don't even really enjoy watching LeBron play as much. I don't know. But, like, the Knicks reward you. I guess what I'm trying to say is the Knicks reward, this version rewards the old school fan because they play with certain staples that that we were used to. And that's great. I mean, you got to appreciate that. How about Jake and Amityville, BT and Sound on the fan? What's going on, Jake? How are you, BT? I appreciate you taking my call. You got it. So, um... I'm a Long Island guy through and through. My dad went to Villanova, so I've been following these, uh, you know, Brunson. Dante, oh, Jake, do me if Jake, do me if Jake, do me a favor before you make your Brunson point. Ask your dad how that uh, St. John sweep tastes. A little back-to-back wins by the Johnnies. Ask him how he likes oh, that. Man. Yeah, yeah. How's that taste? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, by the way, that's the first time that this is to this. Then you make your point. That is the first time St. John's has swept Villanova since '92. Yeah, I mean, ninety-two, crazy. crazy. Yeah, I believe it. Wow. But um, yeah. So, so real quick. Yes. Um, you know, so being a, a Long Islander, you know, the Knicks like haven't followed them super closely, but 
you know, my Tecmo Nova followed them super closely. And, you know, Brunson back in 16 on that championship team, he was a freshman five-star who came in. And, you know, Jay Wright never really was super keen on the five-star guy, but he was a major contributor. And, you know, he was backing down centers, doing all his, you know, stuff in the lane, which all the Knicks fans love now, and same in 2018 on that championship team, which is, you know, crazy how he was a second-round pick in 2018. But, um, you know, just love seeing how these guys fight and compete, and that's, that's Villanova basketball. So I'll let you get back to it. But, uh, you know, it's great to see it with the Knicks now. So. No, it's evident. And, you know, quite frankly, this version of Villanova doesn't necessarily have that. But that, that's not the point. No, what Jay Wright brought is, wow. I mean, these, these guys are... They are dialed in in the classroom, the highest level of integrity. They just they just play the right way. You know, and I did some of Jalen's games with Mink doing St. John's. I didn't see this. Now, listen, sometimes your instincts completely send you in the wrong direction. I remember doing at the Garden. It may have been like some holiday tournament or preseason tournament. Kevin Durant's second game. Second game? Yeah. Second game of Texas ever at against St. John's at the Garden. And I remember, you know, and back then, it's a while ago, so, yeah, they had some websites and magazines. You know who was highly rated, you know, the prospects, the top five guys, the blue chippers. And I knew that he came in with that reputation, obviously. But you didn't have the access that you have now. So I kind of went in a little blind in terms of the visual and just the scouting report. And I remember taking off my headsets after the game. Texas won. I think it was a tight game. DJ Augustine was on that team as well, former NBA player, point guard. And I remember saying to my old partner, Mike Crispino, Crispy, I was like, this guy, this guy's going to average 20-something a game in the NBA. Like, I just knew it, and I happened to be right on that one. Jalen Brunson, totally different player, clearly. I remember saying, I love this kid, even as a freshman. I love this kid. I love what he represents. I don't know if he's going to make it in the league, even as he got a little older. He just seemed physically limited. And that's why you appreciate him so much. I, I said at the start of the show, I can't possibly prove this. But if there was a measurement for the hardest worker in the NBA, I honestly think this guy would be number one. Because you don't get to where he's gotten with that footwork and that timing and that rhythm without without the incredible athleticism and the incredible length. And be that unless you do everything more than everybody else. He is just, I mean, I, I mean, it's just hard, it's hard to do a radio show and just get on the air and just say, oh, my God, this guy's so amazing. But I, I don't feel like people say it enough. I, I know they have been more and more recently, but, dude, Jalen Brunson, superstar. Shout it to the clowns who don't know. There's no contextualizing where he runs. He's the 13th. No, he is a superstar, period. Because he shows up, and he makes sure all of his teammates are ready, and he elevates his team, and he wins, and he's efficient, and he puts the ball in the bucket. Super star. Period. 877-337-6666. Uh, twelve fourteen on the fan, BT and Sal, inside of our Town Fair Tire Studio. Our friends at Town Fair remind you that you always get... The guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Let's go to Staten Island. Staten Island's been a little quiet today. What's going on, Rodney? How are you? DT, what's up, my brother? Hey, man. Listen, man, I feel your passion. I love your Knicks talk. You're spot on that Jalen Brunson is a superstar. 
So I go back to the 90s Knicks like you do. I'm 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the big 5-0. And, yes, Brunson is a star. It feels great that I'm, at, I'm looking forward to the Knicks game tonight. I was just at the game a couple weeks ago when they played the Raptors. Yep. Um, but I got to tell you, I think it's a little too soon to say he's the best Nick and better than Patrick Ewing. A little too soon. Well, let me he's get. Hold on, Rod. Let me he's just. Gotta pre- get, oh, wait, let me, yep, let me go finish. Ahead. He's got to get to that big game. I mean, I was at that game as a 19 year old back in the day. Nick's Bulls, Charles Smith wouldn't go for a dunk. So I got Nick's history in my DNA. But I don't think he's the best Nick just yet. Let's see if that next big game, that conference finals game against the Sixers or the Celtics. Yep. You know, then we can say, you know what? He's the best Knicks since Patrick Ewing. No, I have. First of all, I have no doubt. First of all, I have no doubt that he'll deliver when he gets there. Now, uh, now to be fair, Rod, because I don't want to get attacked when I leave the studio for Patrick Ewing slander, who I love. That's not exactly. Right. That's not exactly what I said. And thanks for the call. What I said was, Jalen Brunson impacts winning more than Patrick Ewing did. There's not a discernible deficiency in Jalen Brunson's game outside of. Yeah, a little defense. I get it. Doesn't turn the ball over. Elite foul shooter. Elite three-point shooter. Can break it down. Five on the shot clock. Got to get a good shot. Boom. All the footwork. Bang, layup. I mean, he can do anything. Anything. So, Patrick was just a different monster. And the accumulation of, of Patrick's prowess, like, you know, over four quarters, added up to Hall of Famer. But in terms of impacting winning, securing the ball, hitting the clutch free throw, I was at the game when Hugh Hollins bailed out Hubert Davis against the Bulls in the playoffs. I was there who bailed out Patrick Ewing, who missed a free throw. Big one. So I stand by it. Brunson impacts winning more than any Nick since Claude Frazier. Let me get Joe in Wilson Park. Joe, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Brandon? How hey, you doing? Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right with you. I think I think um, I think he's a winning player with skill. Um, we haven't had that in a long time. Um, what, what I see when I see this team, they're, they're missing. Uh, they they they're a playoff team. They're you know, maybe a conference championship team. They they need another guy that can score, uh, a taller guard or a small forward. They got a lot of a lot of these six four and other guys on the team. The last two minutes of a game, you know, you need guys that can create and score points. Brunson can do it. I don't trust Randall with it. I, I love Randall. I, I don't think it's fair uh, to call him number two, number one, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he's great at what he is. But I think, I think you need a player with with a winning history, uh, like someone said, DeRozan. I, I, I think he'd be great if you yeah. accept the uh, you know roll off bench or play to take twenty five, thirty minutes, play a little less minutes. Someone who's won in the past that can create create his own shot. Uh, I think you put a guy like that on this team, and then I, I'm I'm 100 with you. It's uh, you know this is it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, my my question is what 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 kind of a window do you think they have with with this team? You know they got the assets, they got the draft capital, they got Fournier. You know, uh, is it like let's go in and do this now? Let, let's let's you know wait till next year. Yeah, that's a good question, something? Joe. That's that's yeah, an that's... I think you I think you go. Yeah, I think we gotta go. That is an outstanding question. I would say this. I got, I, I got one, one more question for you. All right, well, hit, why don't you hit me okay. with that? And Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, actually, no. I don't have the question. It was something, something silly. But no, no, go, go for it. Dude, I'm all for being a dope and having fun. Go ahead. Say it. I don't care. <laughs> go for it. 
Uh, go, going back a few calls with your um, your high occupancy high occupancy vehicle driving. I just got to ask a question. It's going to impact my, my my listening to your show or not? Oh, You're not boy. one of these guys that goes on the shoulder of the of the cars. You know, go around all the traffic, like leaving the Meadowlands or something like that to get yourself home a little faster. Are you? No, I, 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 well, lane, I can try. I can kind of tolerate that. <laughs> you know, the, the cars kind of going around the other cars. And yeah, kind of, that kind of gets. No, me. no, Joe. I, I learned my lesson. I'm going to I'm going to be totally honest with you, Joe. I learned my lesson with that. Now, now, what Joe's talking about is obviously going on the shoulder and just hoping that there's no police officers that pull you over. I did that, and I got pinched, and I haven't done it again. And it was the, and I only did it because I had to get back on the air. I was at a, I was at a charity gala, was a, I don't know, 15 years, whatever, 15 years ago, when I was at the old station that you couldn't hear. And I was at a golf outing, and... I think I was doing, a, I think I was on from like 7 to midnight. That was my old slot, one of them. I guess this is right before Stephen A. And I'm late. And my boss like, oh, just go. Great guys. Like, oh, just go to the golf outing. You'll be back plenty of time. Don't worry about it. You'll make the show. And I'm like, uh, all right, all right, cool. If my boss is saying go, I'm going. Of course, there's an accident. I was, I was somewhere in Connecticut traffic. I'm like, I got to go on the shoulder. And I went on the shoulder, and I got about, I'd say a good, oh, Almost like two miles out of it. Yeah, it was definitely an aggressive, bold move. And I'm like, this is easy. And then all of a sudden, woo, woo, you know. And I got pinched, pulled over, ticketed, didn't do it again. No, I don't do that, Joe, to answer the question. No. Unless, of course, you're really late, then you do what you got, though. All right, Dove? Dove, I can see Dove, Dove, how do you, I can see, do you hold the steering wheel with with two hands? You have to. No. You don't? No. I can see you doing that. You don't? I switch off, but usually one hand. Like the one-hand pimp, uh, you know, cruising up the uh, the avenue drive? We, huh? we leaning back a little bit? Yeah? Slouch down a little? <laughs> All right. 877-337-6666. BT and Sal on the fan. Uh, Joe, by the way, I didn't forget about whether or not the Knicks, I will, I will answer the other part. You know, how aggressive should they be? That's actually a great question. Like the timeline, where they are based on the rest of the Eastern Conference, really what is the Nick window? And if you could determine what the Nick window is, like how aggressive should they be at the deadline? I definitely want to get to that because that very well might be the most important question of the day. Uh, BT and Sal on The Fan. The Fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Team Sal back on the fan. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata here, 877-337-6666. That is our show. Sal is off today. Uh, hey, the Dice Man, who wants to go see him? I know I do. Uh, call her now. Call her number 10 right now, 866-540-WFAN, 866-540-9326. That's your chance to win two tickets to see the Dice Man at Carnegie Hall on February 15th, plus you qualify for the grand prize, a ticket upgrade to Dyson, a $100 gift card for Valentine's Day. Nice. Hey, did it drop as much as your face dice? All from our friends at Live Nation. Uh, to purchase tickets, uh, tickets, visit LiveNation.com and listen again tomorrow. Same time, another chance to win. So we are planning on going to the show. I can't wait. Love them. So uh, I was asked a very interesting question before, and I've got the answer for you. And I, and I really let it marinate for a bit. 
And, you know, Kohler said, well, but really, in essence, what is their timeline? Meaning, how aggressive should they attack the deadline? And, you know, what's what's the window? Like, how open is the window? And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to bring the Yankees into it for a minute before I actually give you my answer with the Knicks window, is that you talk about not wasting the prime of Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge. Now, that doesn't mean that they couldn't win a championship on the back end of Judge's career. You have a totally different team. Dominguez, four years in, superstar. I mean, anything can happen. But conventionally thinking and speaking, the Yankees need to bring home a championship in the next, you know, certainly absolute three years, Max. And I would say probably even more so, too. All right? So that's like, that's the Yankees. The Mets, it extends much wider because they're just resetting. Let's see what they do with Pete. Um, They obviously have a long-term plan, which I think is very smart. That's independent of the Alonzo conversation. But everything else, I, I get it. Even though it's going to be, I think, a little frustrating. Especially if you don't get the DH. The Knicks win, though, to me, and how they should attack the, the deadline. I would say if there's a championship move to be made, make it. But don't accelerate that, that timeline with a desperate move. You're fooling yourself. Like... You know, I don't love the Murray move. I don't. I know that it feels good. It sounds good. Uh, DeJounte Murray, yeah. And he's a hell of a player. I don't love the match. So that, to me, it it, it kind of feels like it. Now, if you, don't, if you get him for not much, that's different. That obviously changes things. But I don't love the match in the backcourt. I don't. <clears throat> so that, on the surface, feels like a championship move. Oh, my God, look at this guy. You know, two-way player, this, that, the other thing. And it's it's appealing, but I don't think it's ideal for the Knicks. So I don't think it's a championship move. I do think that getting DeMar DeRozan could be a championship move. Really could be. Because you would plug him in, mid-range game, and then DiVincenzo is more of a bench guy, and just everybody gets bumped back one spot in in terms of the allocation of roles, if you will. And I think it's a it's a perfect natural fit. But I would have to say you've got to, you know, the Knicks need to operate with with inner transparency and just blunt honesty. You know, really, where are we? And the great thing about this, unlike so many other Nick teams and Nick presidents that made desperate moves, because the Nick fan now believes and understands they're in good hands and are supportive of, very, of the direction of the team, I don't think that ownership is going to feel pressure to make a move just to placate fans, which is what got the Knicks in trouble to begin with. Going back to the Ewing trade. Uh, how do we justify these ridiculous ticket prices if we don't have a star? So instead of let Pat, and you know, they, well, and you know this if you're a real Nick fan, they should have let Patrick's deal expire and then just start over. Start over, you know? Instead, they made a ridiculous trade that didn't impact winning. Uh, the numbers became all disoriented in terms of the, the finances, and then it got worse and worse and worse. The Marberries, the Currys, the other guys. I love Quentin Richardson, but that wasn't a good deal. Other stuff that they did, not good. So... They don't feel that pressure. And, you know, I I I liken it to, you know, just pressure-free. I think anything in life, when you don't have pressure, now pressure could be good because it can, it can lock you in and it can force you to work harder. I don't mean that pressure. I mean pressure when 
you you feel as if you if you don't do something, you know, you get tight and you're not your natural self. You know, you're playing high school ball, you're playing college ball, you're 0 for 20, seven strikeouts, you're tight. So what do you do? You probably let a fastball that's letter high go go by, and you probably wave at a curveball in the dirt, and you're dead. Pressure. You're thinking backwards. Even this is, I remember even, you know, me and, and Sal spoke to this. When you first start in this business, if you feel like your boss is listening to as you as a young broadcaster, listening to every word that you're saying, and like in real time critiquing everything that you're doing on the now, there's always an element of critique, of course, and ratings and production and measurement, but if you don't feel the the inner freedom to get on the air and just let it go, let it riff, you're going to be very mechanical, and it's going to sound mechanical. And the Knicks are finally free in their minds of doing something desperate to appease you. Because you know that they're really, really set. Like, they're in a good spot. Let me get Tony up in the Bronx. BT and Sal, what's going on, Tony? Sally boy. I mean, not Sally boy. Sally boy's out having a good time. BT, what's doing, my friend? Tony, how are you? Two points. Uh, we're going to do a little Mets today, even though I'm a Yankee fan, and we're going to do a little Knicks. Now, with the Mets, I understand your point, business to all nine, but this is their guy, BT. They got to sign this kid. That's the only guy they got that they feel that, you know, they got to lose something going on. They got to sign the kid. He's them, you know. And to switch it over no, to no, the hold Knicks. On, so, hold on. So I get that. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm never going to push back on. That's sentimentality. That's emotion. I can't tell you how to think. But that's also the easy, lazy way out. Can you try to quantify like from a baseball point of view, how Pete Alonso's presence has truly impacted winning. Listen, I understand your point, but when it comes down to baseball, like it's like someone telling you we're going to take Madeline away from you. That's their Madeline. Even though he has nowhere near Madeline's numbers, mm-hmm. that's their Madeline. You know what I mean? He's I got you. Guy. Okay. He's the face of the organization. All right. Let's move on to the Knicks. Let me tell you one thing. We we started getting a little something with Randall. But when we got this kid, Brunson, he put us on the map, and he saved the organization. That kid is something else. We hit the lotto with him. It's 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 just, it's it's almost like we finally got rewarded. About time. Thank yeah. God. I mean, when we got Ewan in 85, that was all right. We got Ewan. We're here. But when we got this kid after suffering... I mean, we're in the Mecca, the Madison Square Garden. Are you kidding me? We've been for so long. This kid saved us. BT, I love you. Talk to you later. You got it, Tony. Appreciate it, buddy. No, for so many years, and it would just drive me nuts. The Garden was still amazing. The problem was it was amazing for the other team superstar who would come and put on a show in front of Jay-Z and all the actors and, you know, Howard Stern when he left his house. You know? Like, now it's, no, no, now it's our crib again, and we're putting on the show. And we're going to destroy you. It's just, it's amazing. It is fun. Ryan, and it's not, like, it's not temporary. It's, it's, it's lasting. Ryan and Hawthorne, what's up, Ryan? Hey, BT, thanks for taking my call. Okay. Yeah, before I uh, get to my next question, uh, you'd be happy to know I put a few shekels on the Johnnies to make the Final Four at uh, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Wow. So, uh, well, I didn't, what, yeah. what were the odds? I mean, what, what can I guess? But, I mean, wait, St. John's right now. For, I, listen, I know it's still early. And those of you who are locked in, you're not there. St. John's right now, tournament starts tomorrow. St. John's 1,000% in. They're a tournament team. The metrics support that. They're in. UConn at the Garden Saturday, number one in the country. Can't wait to do the game with Mink. But the odds for the Final Four, what, plus 900? What'd you get them at? Plus 2,000. Plus 2,000. So that was good value. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hey, with Rick Pitino, yeah, it's, 
You know, it's, it's not not a terrible bet. Absolutely. Nice. Um, so I want to paint a hypothetical for you. Okay. Uh, Knicks Celtics game seven Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Knicks Knicks blow a fifteen point fourth quarter lead, uh. capped off by a Kristaps Porzingis three pointer at the buzzer. Huh. Are you getting, are you coming on the air next day? <laughs> crying about the pain, saying, I wish it was just a 20-win season, pining for the days of Ronaldo Balkman. <laughs> no. No, no, I know you, now listen, that, uh, well done, Ryan. I know why you're throwing that back at me from yesterday, what I said there about the Jets. Okay, it's not the same. It, it, it's, it's, okay. it's not the same. Yeah, pretty similar franchise. Yeah, Lions well, the, the Knicks, Knicks, yes, the 20 years, Knicks have done nothing for the most part. Jets, we know, torture us. No, um... I think because football just is inherently more painful when you lose. There's 16 games. Right. Now there's 17. There's 82 in the NBA. You know, I never checked out of the Knicks. I was watching even when they had, like, I don't know, Alfred Payton playing point guard. I just never checked out. Like, I was one of the few idiots who didn't. Um, but it didn't. After a while, I was just numb to it. It didn't hurt. And the Jets, oh, it, it always hurts with the Football's different. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I just, I just thought that would be a similar, you know, the similar franchise path to Jets, the Knicks, the Lions. You know, that. I just, yeah. I just, I was curious. But um, no, I, I, I hear you. No, I, listen, Ryan, and you, you spiced it up to the point with, especially if it's Chris Stapps banging in that three at the horn. Oh. Oh, no, that, 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 is, that is not allowed to happen. That cannot happen. If the devil is three chapters into that script, please stop. Stop. We stop. Don't even just put the laptop down and go torture somebody else. That that's that's not allowed to happen. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 15 sound back on the Fan 1243. We got Brian Boldinger coming up next segment. Jump back into the NFL. Found a couple of local slants for you. Jets and the Giants, obviously. Super Bowl starting to slowly work up to that. I just saw a... I mean, I guess it's not crazy when you really think about it. But when you see it in a tweet, it is fairly crazy. Huff, the Knicks won last night their 30th game of the season in January, right? It's the first time in 27 years that they've gotten to 30 in January. Oh, my God. Wow. So, this is just a fun time. You know, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I've been hard on the Mets here. And listen, I understand the Mets' plan. I want to mesh a few thoughts here. I do. And me and Sal do this all the time. The DH thing is different. Like, you can still build out for the future, spend a few extra bucks, get a professional hitter in here to protect Pete Alonso, and, you know, give you a chance to score some runs and be watchable. And 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 I still think they will. Whether it's Solaire, it looks like they're not connected to Martinez. It's too late on Turner. He's time. So maybe they won't. I don't know. But I just want, I would like an all-encompassing, fun New York sports scene. Let me let me plot through this here. All right. Hoff, I want you to tell me what I ask you, what you think is, is unrealistic. I'm going to go through a little checklist here. Because if you think about this, guys, 
Like, it has been futile. It's just been, it's been horrendous. Like, again, all-encompassing. A little snippet here, a little snippet there. But generally speaking, the New York sports scene has been just devoid of any theater for too long. So, I, and I know there's, I know there's others. Um, so if I ignore it, it's, it's not a diss. I just got to, you know, timing purposes here. Okay. St. John's is going dancing. Number one. That's going to happen. They will reach the tournament this year with Patino. Check. Now you get into the baseball season. The Yankees will be, I think they'll be the best team in the American League. You want to challenge that? Fine. That's great. Um, but still, let's settle on a, a softer spot. 90-plus wins at a playoff team. Hoff, would you agree with that assertion? Yankees, 90-ish wins, playoff team. Yes or no? Yeah, 90 wins sounds about right. Boom. So the Yankees will be fine. Judge and Soto, you know, daily dose of pop every night. We're lucky. Um, the Mets. That's where it gets a little depressing. But uh, I, I right now, I think the Mets are a 75-win team. There's nothing that can be said unless they make some moves here. I just don't see him as a playoff team. Hoff, would you like to push back on that? Yeah, no, you're ridiculous. They're about 85-win team right now, and that's fine. That's all they need to be to make the playoffs right now. I, yeah. I got a question for you because I do want to do the others. How am I ridiculous? Well, because you keep on dismissing the... Oh, he stood up. I wish you guys could see this. He was well, sitting down. If you watch sitting... it on Twitch, you can. Yeah. Uh, he just stood up. Uh-oh. Well, because you're, dis- you're dismissing the fact that last year was a down year for a lot of players. Alonzo was hurt for a, a nice chunk of time. Even though he played, he played through injury. Yep. And he still put up fantastic numbers. Alvarez is a year older. Beatty Vientos now getting some more playing time. Diaz is back. Marte, you hope, is going to be a bit more healthier. We'll mm-hmm. find out. Um, and again, like... The rotation is going to be important because you have people that can actually pitch. Unlike last year, with all half three 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 uh, fifths of your rotation yeah. was injured. Yeah, I, I I don't like the Mets rotation, but I'm at oh, all. I'm not I'm not saying that I love the rotation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're going to give you innings. Unlike we had to go through Peterson and McGill, and then we had to go through Lucchese's and and all these other guys. I remember and you had to dive in the people that you didn't want to pitch. Yep, I'm going to beat you in the middle. I still think it's more 75. You think it's 85? I'm going to put down the Mets for 80, and if they're 80, then they'll be at least in the you know on the within shouting distance of the final wild card. I, I don't truly believe that necessarily. But it's not implausible. I'll give the Mets right now a puncher's chance to be somewhat interesting. Oh, by as, the way, as the summer ends. I just to rewind a little bit. You said the Yankees are about ninety win team, right? I actually think they're ninety five myself. Okay, I, I was just you, thinking like general consensus. Okay, because if, if ninety five is not the best team in the league, well, I'm just, I'm just I'm just making a point. <laughs> All right, so St. John's is going dancing. Yankees are going to rock it. Mets have more of a chance maybe than I'm giving them. All right. Uh, Rangers better get their act together. Can you keep this tight? Because I, I can't get into a deep dive on hockey. Rangers, Isles, Devils. I mean, Rangers are scuff when I, Shesterkin's been awful. They're going to get, I know they're banged up. Rangers they're going to get the straight. Playoffs. They'll get in the playoffs. I know they'll get in the playoffs. Are they going to do anything? I, that depends on Shesterkin. He can, listen, it's happy that they played really well in the beginning. Yeah. I'm actually, actually happy they're doing bad now because playoff time is when you need to get hot. If he could be hot. Him, his normal self, yeah. come playoff time, that's all we need. Are they going to make a big trade? I don't know if it's going to be a big all trade. Right. They're not going to be impactful. So you think they get in? Isles get in, right? Isles will get in to squeeze in? Mm. No? Devils. Yeah, Devils, no, I know. Devils I getting Rangers. There. Okay. All right. So, and then we get to the Jets and the Giants. Both teams going to have massive, massive, I mean, facelifts this summer. I hope. <laughs> and one of these years we'll get an offensive line on uh, you know, either side. So I think the Jets will be much better. They'll get a second receiver. They'll address the O-line. Giants will address O-line. Daniel Jones will be back. He's not great, but he's good. The point being, and I didn't even say Seton Hall. They're going to go dancing like, it's on the up. 
Can't you see it? It's the and then of course the Knicks, who are the best run franchise in the city. Can't help you, Net fans. But I don't know. Pretty much all encompassing. That is a fairly healthy diagnosis. The future of New York sports. Hasn't been like this for a while. All right, let's get back to you guys here. How about um, Charlie on Staten Island, BT and Sal? Sal is off today, though. What's happening, Charlie? Uh, nothing much. I, I got to talk to you about Alonzo. <clears throat> now, first of all, you just said it. He has no protection in the lineup. All right? And you want to trade him. So put your GM hat on right now. He's in his walk here. Mm-hmm. What teams are going to want to trade for him? I, I The Brewers wanted him last year, so I would think there would be a few. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just saying. You, it's Obviously, it's going to happen during the season. So you're looking at a contender that would trade for him? Well, I would probably, but I would actually do it now. I've said that. Well, I would do it now. Well, that's not going to happen, I don't think. I think you're probably – no, Charlie, one, Charlie, one sec, Charlie. One, one sec, but I, I promise I'll let you speak. Okay. I think you're right. probably right. It won't It won't happen before the season. That doesn't mean that it shouldn't. Okay, so he's in his walk here. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to get for him? I mean, you, you could probably get three top ten picks. Like three, top prospects. No, 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 no. Okay. Top prospects. So now we're backpedaling because now we're, we're rebuilding as opposed to get him some protection. He can be your DH next year, the year after. Yep. Sign him for five years, whatever. And then we have our catcher, who eventually probably is going to become a DH. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, like, I don't understand. This is a guy, you know, he's, you know, Cohen said he wanted to be like the like the uh, Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I'd say be like the Braves. The Braves lock up all their young talent. Let me tell you something, Charlie. And... and- I mean this. Like, if Pete Alonzo profiled a little differently, appreciate the call there, buddy, and Pete obviously has his great strengths. If Pete Alonzo was like Acuna or Austin Riley, they would have locked him up. The reason they're not locking him up, that doesn't mean that they won't eventually if the price is right. I think everything's in play. You know where I stand. And I think that they want him, but I don't think that they think that they necessarily need him. I think they're open to anything. I do. But the fact that they're not even talking in in any sort of meaningful way, what does it tell you? I understand being, um, you know, intoxicated by the the romantic nature of the, the greatest men of all time. I get that. Name a team that is built around a player like Pete Alonso, a championship team. There are none. Now, it doesn't mean that the Mets couldn't be the first. I'm not saying that they're they're doomed. I'm not saying that at all. But I guess my greatest concern with Pete is, hey, if you pointed to an array of young, explosive, major league-ready arms, like when the mid-80 Mets came up and they got Keith and Darryl came up, and they traded for Gary Carter, and they did everything that they did, right? And they elevated their young position players, Dykstra, et cetera, Kevin Mitchell, brought in Ray Knight, that, that veteran presence, great, you know, great um, uh, great addition to the roster. Just a perfectly constructed roster, really was. But they had young pitching. The Mets don't. I'm not saying that you can't buy a star. 
I know that eventually Cohen's opening up that vault and he is going to go bonkers. I know that. He's going to grab the Soto. I know that as well. But if if they had a, a young Doc and a young Darling and an El Cid or even a young Cone a couple of years after, I could see a timeline that's championship worthy. They don't have any pitching at all. So they're not going to win. So I would be inclined to reset. It would be painful, but it would be temporary. Trade Pete, get massive assets, build out, and then you're ready. But that's just me. I know not everybody agrees. I get it. Rich is in Pennsylvania on the fan with BT and Sal. What's going on, Rich? Hey, BT. I'm not one to agree with you on Pete. Uh, and I'll tell you what. You can look at Mike Trout. What has he won with the Angels? Mm-hmm. I say Pete hasn't done, won anything with the Mets. Well, look at Miguel uh, Cabrera. He hasn't won anything with the Tigers. And Otani when he was with the Angels. Let's trade them, too. Because but he was in the World Series with the Tigers. But anyway, I, I yeah. got you. Yeah, I got you. He got, yeah. So, and you, you want to get prospects. That's a big roll of the dice for a guy that's a proven 40, 50 uh, home run guy with over 100 RBIs every, every year. And, you know, the Mets have a history of lousy trades, getting nobody for somebody. And I don't think the fans or the front office is going to want to do that. I mean, it is, you know... You yeah. know what he's in for. He's in for 40 to 50. Rich, can I ask you, qu- Rich, I ask you a question? Now, I, the fans, that's one thing. And and I think that you're right. I, if you ask me an exact science poll, I would say right now it's probably 80-20. Met fans, 80% of the Met fans hate what I'm saying and completely disagree. And if it's not 80, it's 75-25. It's, 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 it's mostly against me. But Mets ownership and, and the Mets organization, you say that they wouldn't be up for it. Then why were they talking to the Brewers? I don't know. I guess you got to talk to everybody about it because well, because you you can yeah yeah well because he's in a walk here. Yeah, well, you can. This was last year. You can do your due diligence, yeah. which which I'm a big believer in. But if the reports are right, and I believe that they are, it was basically it was deep enough where they had exchanged specific prospects' names. So at the very least, the Mets were amenable to trading Pete, which is consistent with what I've said. So you can you can hate that I say it, and again I. I I, I, do, I do respect that, that pushback. That's what makes you great fans. Met fans are amazing. I love Met fans. But I think you're really missing a big picture here. You're so locked into, we always get rid of our great young players, and he's on path to be the greatest Met of all time. I, I, yeah, I know that. But no disrespect. What is the greatest Met of all time? What does it really mean? Every great player you've had has come from a different team or you let leave early and fizzled out anyway. Keith Hernandez, Cardinal. Gary Carter, Expo. I mean, now David Wright's spinal stenosis, he would have been that guy, not his fault. I loved Wright. Reyes, you know, different issues, hamstrings, whatever. I mean, Tom Seaver, one of the, maybe the, outside of Ruth with the Yankees and the Red Sox, the dumbest trade in the history of baseball. That's, that's a different energy. I put that in a separate spot. Seaver was... Seaver should have always been untouchable. That was that was that was that was criminal. Daryl fizzled out. You know he had issues. Yeah, he had some big moments for the Yankees, but when he left, the the, the Mets immediately did nothing. Doc fizzled out. So it's not like, and this is not to bring the Yankees into it, but I'm just going to reach for it now, and I probably shouldn't even. Like if you're calling me up and you're saying. 
Pete Alonso is going to be the greatest Met of all time. He's on track. And some of the previous Mets were Ruth and Garrick and Mantle and DiMaggio and Jeter and Berra. And, you know, that's it. That's different. Who are the five greatest Mets of all time? It's a very flawed list. Either weren't here long enough, got here late in their career from somewhere else, left early and fizzled out. I just think that that's a baseless, I don't know. I I, I just wouldn't gravitate to that as the reason not to trade him. If it's driven fully through baseball, that's different. It's a little more logical, a little more applicable. But the greatest men of all time, while I respect the fandom, it would not prevent me from, from trading him. It just wouldn't. 877-337-6666. BT and Sound on the fan coming up. Uh, we'll get the update from the rising NBA play-by-play star, Mr. Bogish. We'll come back and get your calls. Brian Baldinger as well. A lot of football issues. We'll try to find a way to get some Jet and Giants issues at Brian. And, of course, the early sense of the Super Bowl here on the fan. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Let's go football music. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, BT and Sal, back on the fan 103 here. We'll get back to you, Nick Coles. Obviously, a little Alonzo stuff as well, 877-337-6666. But on the line, and he's been with us now, I don't know, about a month or so, and he's been he's been great. Local guys we talked about last week. On the line, Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider Coles brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Baldy, it is, uh, it's BT, no Sal today. He's off. How you doing, buddy? What's happening? Hey, Brent. It's good to be with you. You know, it's just uh, it's that buildup. It's that slow buildup from Championship Sunday to the Super Bowl. So we're all kind of caught up in it right now and the analysis and, you know, everything that they got to get done. So I'm in a good spot here. I'm right at the finish line, Brandon. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't ask for a better place. I'm with you. We're all there. And, it, you know, nice to get a little respite here and then got to consume it with, with craziness as we get to the Super Bowl, just gradually work up to it. Um, did you have, going into Conference Championship Sunday, because you kind of look at it a couple of different ways, like to have Detroit get there would be a great story, but to have the Niners-Chiefs battle again, like there were so many different possibilities that, that were – that were appealing. What did you actually want to see happen on Championship Sunday? You know, I mean, I actually, what you just said is kind of how I looked at it. I go, you can mix and match any of these four teams. We're going to get a great game. I mean, obviously, the starved Lion fans, um, I mean, they, 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 they'll be crying. They would be crying in Las Vegas with tears of joy, you know? The Ravens getting back there with Lamar. I mean, I, but honestly, San Francisco and Kansas City feels good to me. Um, you know, I mean, we're looking at a, a real live uh, dynasty right now of Kansas City. Like, we don't see these in sports very often. Obviously, the Yankees had their day, and, you know, you, you, can, pick, you can pick certain dynasties, the New England Patriots, uh, the Golden State Warriors, but this is a real dynasty right now. Yeah. And so now San Francisco, right, and Shanahan's never won a Super Bowl. He's gotten close. Like, does he, does he take down the dynasty and does San Francisco begin one? With Brock Purdy and what they're doing out there, so I don't know. There's, there's a, it's a good storyline. Uh, Andy Reid might go down as the greatest coach of all time if he keeps this up right now. Ooh, wow, the Belichick stuff. That's that's a pretty good take right there. Really, 
Well, I mean, look, you, 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 you've got a quarterback right in his prime. I, I know Andy pretty good. I've known him since the day he got the job in Philadelphia. It's not like, you know, he's anxious to go play golf or go hit a vacation spot. I mean, his, his life is give him a quart of Haagen-Dazs at night and give him a couple of, uh, you know, uh, pens and let him go tinker up with yeah. the game plan. That's, that's what he loves doing. Wow. You know, a read from a distance, you know, he didn't seem overly joyous after the game, and he didn't seem like he was walking. Is he health? Is he in good health? Well, he had a, a major knee replacement surgery that didn't go well a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, they literally had to take the, the replacement knee out, and he had to, like, let the – he had it infected. Uh. And he had to, like, let it let – it, he literally didn't have a knee joint for months. Wow. Well, he let the infection heal, and then they went back in and redid it. So he walks with the limp, but, you know, the, the mind is sharp. He never, he's never needed much sleep, much rest. Yeah. Like, his, the mind is very sharp, but the body's probably like a lot of us, Brandon. You know, it's not exactly what it, we were 10 years ago. You say that again. We're talking to Brian Boldinger, <laughs> BT and Sal on the fan. I'll, I'll get back to Mahomes here. See, Brock Purdy's interesting to me, and, and Sal and I were debating this yesterday, actually. Like, if you get Brock Purdy an, off, an average offensive line and an average offensive coaching and concepts, is he special or is he just a product of the system? How do you grade him? Well, what quarterback is going to be great with the parameters you just listed? If you wrote Brock Purdy with the Jets or the Giants this year, they have a losing record. Now, if you do yeah, but that don't with, but, but, but boldly, once, but those aren't even average O lines; those are horrendous yeah, offensive right. lines. Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. I mean, no, no, but I mean, I think Brock Purdy could be good in in a lot of systems. Um, it just happens to be San Francisco. Could he lead Baltimore to a championship? Yeah, I think so. It, could he lead uh, Detroit the way you know Jared Goff was leading? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think the guy's a quality player. And he proved it in the second half. And I've watched every one of his games, uh, Brandon. Like, I, I don't understand the criticism. I don't understand even the game manager thing. Yeah. Like, I see the guy make great plays in every game. Me too. Me too. You know what I think it is? I think that a lot of people who are reluctant to stamp him a star or more than a game manager, maybe somewhere in between is a better way to put it, I don't think that they can disassociate his draft status with, with his play. No doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, if he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, if he wasn't six foot and 210 pounds and looking like just the average guy next door, if he didn't have any of those intangibles that are attached to him, you'd, you'd say this is a cold-blooded assassin right here. Yes. Because that's how he plays the game. Like He plays the game with no fear, and he's exceedingly calm. Like I mean, the guy is just – he looks placid. But at the same time, like that guy – will put, you know, he'll just, he'll stick you right in the crowded artery every chance he gets. <laughs> That's well said. All right, so we're talking to Brian Baldinger. Insider Calls brought to you by the uh, Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. I do want to take you back to Lamar. I got, I got to get your thoughts on this. Like, the legacy stuff is a little played out, quite frankly, going back to Peyton and Brady and, and LeBron and some others, but... You know, Lamar, what kind of a knock does he take? Lose at home, AFC Championship game, didn't play well, going to win the MVP. I mean, he's got to drop a few slots. How do you process Lamar's bad loss? Yeah, look, I mean, he's got to live with it. I mean, he's going to travel with him until he erases it. You know, I mean, it, it traveled with Peyton Manning. He couldn't win a national championship at Tennessee. The quarterback the year after did. Um, you know, he was 2-4 and four in the playoffs to start. And then he, then he became Peyton Manning. So this is just this is how quarterbacks get evaluated, Brandon. It's fair or not fair. Kurt Warner tells me all the time: you either have big game genes or you don't. 
And it remains to be seen if Lamar does. He's going to put up tremendous numbers every year in statistics because he's a, a freak athlete. Uh, and he has improved a great deal. But these championship games, not everybody gets to win them. You've got to play your very best uh, when you need the very best. And he didn't provide that on Sunday. Uh, and so, like, it's just going to travel with him until he can erase it. But it's one thing to lose to a legend like, you know, Mahomes and mm-hmm. and others. But, like, there's like the drop is so precipitous from regular season play to just really horrendous, um, almost unidentifiable production. Like, we're like, who is this guy? He completely changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hasn't been in there that often. You know, he's been injured. He's still very young. He's 27 years old. Like he's got a long time. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a lot more years in front of him to change all of this. And so that's what, you know, if I'm Lamar, I'm, I'm going to work on all this stuff. I'm having my receivers down in South Florida. We're going to, you know, we're going to beat man coverage next year if we see Kansas City or a team that plays that style. And so, you know, I, I expect him to take a little time off and get to work and work on some of the weaknesses that we just saw. i got to ask you something about Dan Campbell. That's Brian Boldinger, of course, uh, Boldy once a week here on the fan, BT and Sal. And, you know, what he said post-game to me, and I'm not a coach, but it seems like something you'd say before the game. Like, for those who missed it, he said, guys, we, we might not ever get here again. I don't know, Boldy. Wouldn't you say that to the guys before they run out of the field and, you know, just to inspire them and have them just, you know, knock helmets and go bonkers? The purpose of saying that after the game is what? Uh, well, um, we, ha- we we should have won it, and we didn't. So, you know, we have to live with it. Uh, you know, there's the, the, the decisions on fourth and two in the third quarter where you could go up by 17 – with and still be up three scores with you know seven minutes left in the third quarter like that to me was just the easy play the fourth and three in the fourth quarter I think he was just chasing points you know but I don't care what kind of success they had you just got to live in the moment of the game and kick that field goal on fourth and two at the twenty eight yard line in the third quarter I think he think that you know that just all it did was contribute to the momentum that the forty ers were just growing with and building with and we all felt it watching it. And I think he felt it shriveling away from him. And I think, you know, he got caught up in the emotion of it. Almost everybody's pointing the finger at Campbell. I'm going to make a case why I've got his back, but you're the guest, so I want to give you a chance to speak, and you know a ton more about football than I do. Because most people believe that Campbell messed up, couldn't, does resentment grow in the locker? I know that they love him now. But if you feel like your coach so egregiously messed up and cost you maybe a championship – very least a Super Bowl appearance. Can guys begin to resent that over time? It happened in Seattle with Pete Carroll when he threw it on fourth down, you know, with uh, yep. Beast Mode behind her. I mean, that that was real. Yeah, That was real, and there was real resentment, and it, it, it carried. It carried with a lot of players for a long time. Wow. Uh, they felt like, you know, they, had, they should have won their second straight Super Bowl. Maybe they became the dynasty and the legacy and all that kind of stuff. So it can happen. But, you know, Seattle had already won a Super Bowl. They were going for number two. So I think, you know, that was part of it. Okay. But here's why I got to defend Campbell. And I get it. You know, the way you just boiled it down to kick, you know, kick the field goal. Okay. Well, the other things that happened, first of all, the multiple drops by Reynolds, they were well-designed yep. plays. He was open. They dropped an interception. They dropped yep. a touchdown. That would have been a great catch, but it went right through his arms in the end zone. They had a pump that they could have downed at the one. Instead, they messed around. They got their foot in the end zone touchback. Like, I understand the criticism, but – they still should have won. Like, I don't know. If Goff got sacked, I would understand the pushback on, on going for it. The plays were right. there. 
Yeah. No, look, I mean, it's, you're not wrong because it's never just one play. I didn't think actually the fourth and two in the third quarter, I didn't think it was a very good play. Now, yes, Josh Reynolds should catch it. It's not an easy catch. He's got to like twist his body around, get his hands on it. Yep. It's not easy, but I didn't think the play was a good design play. Um, mm. to be honest with you, it was like, if you look at all the other routes, like they weren't, they weren't open and I didn't know what they was designed to do And the fourth and three play that they went for. I mean, there was real clear confusion on exactly what was supposed to happen on that play. That's why Goff ended up rolling out and just basically throwing it in the dirt. So if you're going to go for it, uh, and Ben Johnson's a quality offense coordinator, and they had a great deal of success on fourth downs between two and three yards all year long, like over 70%. But I didn't think the plays were well-designed. And that's really the one question. If you're Dan Campbell and you go, okay, fourth and two, what do you got, Ben? What's the play? And he says this. Like, I thought they, they, I've seen them with better plays than that. Hmm. Let's say Mahomes wins this one, and I already said I gave it away early. I, I just I don't think he's going to lose. I think he's going to get another one, make it three, which would be the same as Brady six years in. Do you believe with a win that he surpasses based on the timeline of 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 you know the or the middle stage of going down to the greatest of all time, eventually surpassing Brady? Well, it'd be hard to argue against it. Um, you know, six straight conference championship games, uh, four Super Bowl. If he gets his third, I mean, the first team to win back-to-back since Brady and the Patriots in 2003 and four. So 20 years have gone by since the team's been able to do it. He does it. I mean, the legacy and all the accomplishments within the legacy in seven years just continues to stack on top of each other. And so uh, it, you can't have that conversation without putting him in that conversation. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, finish up with a little local slant here with Baldy, Brian Baldinger, that is uh, our NFL Odyssey insider. Jets and the Giants, I mean, come on, man. Don't don't just feed me because I'm desperate, which I obviously am as a Jets fan, but like, how realistic is it to expect Rodgers to show up week one, good offseason, train, get ready, and resemble Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is this possible? I guess it is. None of us know. Um, my, but my, my gut feeling says that the older we get, the harder it is to look like you did when you were even 38. Forget about 35 or 33. Like, none of us are just ageless. And, you know, even last year in the off season, you know, he pulled a calf muscle. He did. And he was on the shelf riding a bike for three weeks. Like, these things, they don't stop. They generally don't stop. You know, Brady, I mean, uh, Brady played with a torn MCL like for an entire season. Nobody knew it, mm-hmm. but he still played through it. Like these things happen to older athletes, and to think that you can just stay uh, healthy in this sport when we saw all these guys get hurt this year, and that you're just gonna, uh, you know, that's not gonna affect you. It, 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 it's kind of it diminishes as you turn forty. Mm. I mean, the arm's still there. But, you know, even his last year at Green Bay, he was, he was good. He, he wasn't vintage Rodgers, you know? Well, he just the, wasn't. The, the, arm can, the arm can still be good. Yeah. It's just the reflexes. The reflexes aren't the same. And let's face it, like these decisions are made in a nanosecond where, you know, wall, where the ball is going to be released. Can the reflexes still be as sharp as when you're winning MVP of the league? Like, I don't know. But, I mean, it, the, the, the odds are that it's, they're not going to be as sharp. And while the arm strength, I mean, Brett Favre can still throw a football, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, through a, a car wash. But at the same time, like, does he have the reflexes and the eyes and, you know, just the, the suddenness that you need to avoid 
a sack the way we see Mahomes do it week in, week out right now. I get it. All right, something on the Giants here. I'm going to wrap it up with our buddy Boldy, BT and South here on The Fan. The um, I'm not even going to ask you the likelihood of, of you know Daniel Jones being ready week one because it's a pure guess. You're not his doctor. You don't know his body. But how likely is it, you know, because there's a school that they can go quarterback in round one, that the Giants actually do that if the player that they like is still there? I think yeah, you, I don't think, you have to keep swinging. I mean, he's just missed too many games, and he's been too unreliable. And that's not, a, I mean, that's not a personal thing. That's just the reality right here, where he's finished two of the last three years on the shelf and couldn't finish the season. And he runs a lot. Running quarterbacks get hurt. And they get hurt bad. You know, he's had neck issues right now. Um, and so I, I think you got to keep swinging. you got to go find your guy. I mean, the, the Chiefs had Alex Smith, who was still a good quarterback, and they drafted Mahomes. Yeah. And it turned out to be the right decision. The Patriots or the, the Packers have always done this. You know, and if the quarterback that they draft isn't ready, all right, and Daniel Jones is still there, all right, so he sits for a year. Or maybe he supplants him. Who knows? But – I think if one of these quarterbacks that they like is there, I honestly like. I think you gotta, you gotta like seriously consider it. I agree. And you just mentioned the Packers there. I mean, think about how nuts this is going to sound that we could even debate this. Is it ludicrous to say the next five, seven, ten years you would take Jordan Love over Trevor Lawrence? Right? Yeah, uh, you, you probably yeah, would. From what I've seen, yes. Like, wow. Because I, I, I see, I, I see a guy that I mean. He had nothing but puppies around him all year, rookies and second-year receivers, and all those guys improved. And the, re- the improvement of the receiving core and your class is completely related to your quarterback play and how he gives you a chance to continue to exceed, whether it was you know Jaden Reed or Dontavious Wicks or you know Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs. I mean, these are all kids. They're not supposed to be this good this fast, especially in an organization where there's always been – uh, a pecking order about when you get a chance to become the number one. Devontae Adams waited three years, four years before he had that chance. They did it. They sped the whole process up. And you can say that Jordan Love was the reason why the process got sped up. Boldy, good spot, man. We bounced around, hit a lot of different things. I know me and Sal looking forward to uh, to leading up to this and getting to the big game. We'll talk to you next Friday. Uh, I'm, I'm probably next Tuesday. Let's do it, BT. You, I'll be in Las Vegas. Look forward yeah. to talking to you. I'm going to pull you away from the craps table. Where are you going to be in Vegas? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I will see the craps table, yes. Yeah. But probably not while I'm talking to you. Yeah, all right, dude. We'll see you. Make sure you see some all other right. stuff, too. Find a little golf course. You know, there's a lot of things to find out there in Vegas. Hey, it's more than just, like, teaching cover, too, BT, all right? <laughs> yes. so I got you covered. I hear you, man. I got you. Thank you very much, Brian. There he is, Brian Baldinger. That was our Odyssey NFL insider. Baldy, uh, Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. All right, 120 on the button. BT and Sal Midas Sal today on the fan. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata. All right, so a couple things there. Some Jets and Giants offseason strategies. We kind of dipped our toe in that. Some early season Super Bowl thoughts. And the story of the day, my opinion, and we talked about this most of the show. and want to get back to it at 877-337-6666. The Knicks. The Knicks. The best-run franchise in the city. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. 
Call of the Day with Brendan Tierney and Sal Licata on The Fan. All right, today's Call of the Day brought to you by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely, choose Ramsey Mazda. Let's get Joe and Paramus. What's going on, Joe? Um, been a Met fan for 55 years. Mm-hmm. And to hear you say that, oh, no one turns on the TV to watch Alonzo, who's hit more homers in the last five years than anyone in his, in baseball, yeah. and trade him away when you don't know what you're going to get. This guy's 29 years old. Mm-hmm. He's a mainstay. I don't know what you want to trade him for. You're not going to replace 45 homers and 120 RBIs, oh my at least for the next five years. Oh, geez, but Joe. I think you're lost with that. Okay, you can get rid of Pete, who you've won nothing with who is aging at a position where righty, heavy-footed first basemen generally do not get paid at this age. That's the trend. You can debate it, but it's the trend. And you can then take the money and disperse it the rest of the field and, I don't know, become a better baseball team and actually win. I disagree with you. Build around him, okay? He's 29. He's not 34. Uh, All right? All right, Joe. You're locked into your point. I got you. I got you. And for you to say no one would turn on the TV to watch, home runs are the most exciting things in baseball, and he hits more than anyone over the past five years. I understand I don't know that. if he would say that if he was on the Yankees and he hit more home runs than anyone else in five years. Now, you know what I love, Joe? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a compliment here. I like your tenacity, Joe. But you're taking this personally. Like, you are reaching for something I said months ago and weeks ago and tying this into the Brunson stuff. And you know what, Joe? I got to give you credit standing up for your guy. I sincerely now I would trade him, and I'm never going to run from that. I don't think I would. I would not pay Pete Alonso massive money. Not when he's going to be 30 before you know it. Not when he's coming off a down year. Not when that's not the trend. You do that. Good for you. I would trade him, but I respect your your support for Pete. All right, there you go. 877-337-6666. Back to the Nick stuff as well. We'll do that in a second. So, I mean, up until the last year or two, I would not care about this. I grew up. You know, playing some video games, obviously, you know, my generation was in the street more playing wiffle ball or playing hoops, whatever. Uh, but I'm kind of sucked back into the certain video games, the sports ones, because my son plays now. And I just found out via Hoff that the uh, the show has dropped. Who is? Can I guess who's on the cover? Yes, of course. It's got to be Juan Soto in a Yankee uniform. You are wrong. Okay. It's got to be... Do they put pictures as well? Yeah, they'll put everybody on yeah, that. Well, maybe a little love for the uh, reigning Cy Young Award winner, Garrett Cole. Swing and a miss. Mm. What about the ascending shortstop, 30-30 future uh, Volpe? <laughs> no. Uh, who, who is it going to be? Carroll? Corbin Carroll? Yeah. No. All right, this game's getting old. Who is it? Aaron Judge is not it. <laughs> I know it ain't Pete, so keep no, going. It's not Pete. It's shortstop it, either. It, I will give you one more hint. It's from the AL East. From the American League East, uh Gunnar Henderson? No. Wrong team. They're not they're, Toronto. There you go. It's not Vladdy had a down year. There it is. Why? Vladdy had a little bit of a down year. It's a Vlad Guerrero Jr. Come on. He had a down year. It's Vlad Guerrero Jr. I mean whatever. Maybe they need a little bounce back. Maybe. You know who's, <laughs> hey, you know who's going to be on the cover in seven years? The other Guerrero. We're in a Mets uniform Let's, for you guys. About time. Little, little Guerrero. I'm down for that. Lefty hitting first baseman? How's his shoulder? <laughs> Would he get hurt? No, I'm just, that was the reason why the Mets never got Vlad Guerrero to begin with. Well, no, Vlad didn't want to come to New York. That's what, that's not the real reason. No, it, it, is we, that really true? Yes, they were worried about his shoulder. Wait, wait, they were worried. Did they, I, I might be, did they offer him money? 
They didn't because they were worried about his shoulder. Wait, when he was like a prospect, when they were trying to, when no, he was young? Like when he was I, don't, hit, I don't know. When he, what are you talking about? When he had his free agency period, yeah. the Mets decided not to go for him because there was concerns about his shoulder. He wasn't coming here anyway. I don't think he wants to play. I know he hates the Yankees. Well, he might hate the Yankees. He wasn't hating the Mets and the Mets, but the Mets decided to stay away from Vlad's shoulder. Well, maybe the Mets are right because Vlad didn't have a great year last he year. Would, no, not Guerrero Jr. Vlad, the father, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are we talking about? No. Oh, Vlad, he's seen. He was a beast. Yeah. Oh, he was so good. What were Vlad's number? Well, a little, little uh, younger Vlad here. Vlad Guerrero Jr. I, I know we took a step back, but I don't know exactly how much. Oh, what, what, what the hell is this? Well, I just went to Google, and it says I'm not a robot. What is this? You're not a robot. Well, but why do I have to do this all of a sudden? I don't know. You're proving that a robot. <laughs> I've never had to do this once in my life. It's the third time it happened today. Did something happen with Google? I don't know. What are you, what are you searching? Vlad Guerrero stats. What do you think I'm searching? I don't know. Trying to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go through the whole street sign or tree stuff. Can you just tell me his stats so I can move on? Yes. He yes. Had, he had 26 home runs, 94 <laughs> RBIs. How many RBIs? 94. Ugh. He batted 264, Ugh. OPS of 788. Wait, 788? Yeah. Ugh. And they put that on the cover? Yeah. That's disgraceful. Well, he's, he's going to have a bounce back season. Okay. I mean, it's don't they generally reward heroics from the previous year well, with these covers? So I, I don't know. Do they ask? Do they ask for permission? Uh, do they have to get like? Remember the year that Peyton Hillis was the yeah on the, the white cover? rhino, of course, was on the, the Browns, cover. the running back. Like, there sure. was a whole thing about getting him on yeah, the yeah, cover yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Like do and Jeter wasn't in the game for a while. I think up until last year. So you do need permission. Yeah, permission with certain permission things. That, yeah, yeah, right. And here's the thing: is there there is a cover. Curse to Madden. I think there's a cover curse to the to MLB the show. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, uh, I know the Madden stuff. I don't know about the show, but what, keep going. Was, was Aaron Judge on last year? I, I don't remember. I've got to look at my son's I, game. I don't think he was. I've got to look at it. Okay. Because I thought, oh no, it was Jazz Chisholm, who was terrible. Chisholm. <laughs> yes. Jazz Chisholm. He was terrible. Last That's year. a terrible year for Vlad Guerrero. 780 OPS? He stinks. Yeah. You guys, uh, him and Pete Alonzo. <laughs> AJ's in Eastchester. AJ, what's going on, buddy? How are what's you? What's up, BT? Hey. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Great How are you? Today. Thank you. Uh, well, I want to get back to the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, obviously this is this is special, what's going on, and we all notice it. We can all see it. And, you know, I'm so happy as a Knicks fan, and I, but I'm, I'm a little frustrated because, you know, every time – the Knicks do something good. We're, we're all about it. We're all like gung ho. Like like we're we're at other people's arenas, taking over the the arena. I mean, things are great. And then the day after on sports radio, it's like, yeah, this is great. We all love it. And but but they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna go to the championship. You know, and it's like, what do they got to do? What do they got to do to to get past that 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 narrative that that people are putting out there? Say they're not gonna win a championship. The day after. They beat the Nuggets the day after they beat the Miami Heat. The day after they beat Minnesota or go on that road, you know. Day I know what you're saying. Minnesota road. was before that, but I got you. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, but all of it, like all of it, accumulated. We're all, like, yeah. you know, we if we go into the playoffs, we got the Garden at you know a home advantage with the Garden. Uh-huh. And what travels the best on the road? Defense, right? Always. Yep. 
Now, always. And, and if we go on the road, how could we not go to the Eastern Conference Championship and then do something and actually go to the championship and get this, get this town cooking and believe in, in what we have? Listen, I, I know we're a piece away. I, I, I were like a piece away from something, but the chemistry that we have can't be messed with. Well, by the and, way, and, but, but AJ, that you're just answering the question yourself. Like, now that doesn't mean that they can't get there, but you're saying like, why aren't people thinking they could get there? And then you just said yourself because they're a piece away. And I think that that's well, the common thought. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's like that. That piece away is like from everybody believing in yeah. in, in what's going on, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. me personally, for me personally, it's like. What do they got to do to get everybody on the board? On well, board I, I think it started, AJ. I really, you got to understand, yeah. man. The, think about this, AJ. Thanks for the call. Good call. You know, like the Knicks, and I, 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 I am a massive basketball fan. You're not going to talk Knicks in November. You're just not. You're not. You're not going to talk really Knicks in December. Depending upon what the Jets or the Giants are doing, which is generally nothing, you know, and that's why you start squeezing the Jets, uh, the, the Knicks in January. And now, let's go. Now it's on. Now the race has started. And, you know, the, the thing about, let me just give you the sequence, like the T-Wolves, the, the Denver game, and, and Miami. Now, I don't say that I necessarily look at it this way, but I do think some people do. So the Timberwolves, that was, a, that was the win at the Garden. T-Wolves at that point had the best record in the Western Conference. I, I'm almost 100% sure they did. And if not, it was number two, almost positive number one. All right. That was like, oh, here we go. That was a nice win. So that was a little bit of a momentum grabber. The Denver win, that I actually tweeted. I'm like, this is the night the Knicks officially became must-watch because it was such a, a thorough dismantling and destruction of the champions that, you know, if you don't latch on to that, you just, you're a hater or you're a non-believer or, or whatever. But to be fair, and I said this with Sal the next day, there was also context a little bit. Not my first point, because I wanted to enjoy the moment and prop it up, which it deserved. Denver was on the back end of a long road trip, and that matters. And Utah, not that Utah is that good, but the Utah Jazz, this is, I think, game number six of a six-game road trip tonight. Both played back-to-back. Knicks played last night. Obviously, the uh, the Jazz played the Brooklyn Nets. All right? So, they should win tonight as well. But Denver, it was an annihilation, and some can say, well, they were really tired, and they were hadn't slept in their bed since, I think, it was January 12th. All right, Miami, Miami's just not that good this year. There are certain wins that feel bigger than others because of rivalries and, you know, projections and reputations. Miami's going nowhere this year. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the win. It was awesome, except, you know, Randall getting hurt. But I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if you don't look at this team and realize how well-structured they are and how, you know, great a shape the cap is, not a bad contract, not a single bad contract. They're not old. They're not too young. Like, everybody's in their wheelhouse. There's still a couple of ascending players like McBride. You would think Grimes, if he stays here, those guys are still ascending. But Randall, middle of his prime. Brunson, just entering his prime. OG, early stage of his prime. Mitch is still young. You're going to have to re-sign Hartenstein next year, which I imagine they certainly will. He's, a, he's still a fairly young guy. Like, it's not like they're on their last legs. Everything about this team is believable, and everything about this team is sustainable. And it is fun, and it's about time. 
66. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, BT and Sound back on the fan back to your calls here in a bit. Uh, by the way, you're in Luck, New Jersey. The makers of the Jackpocket Lottery app are bringing a whole new casino experience right to your fingertips. Meet Jackpocket Casino. I'm already loving the uh, lottery tickets on your Jackpocket. Now try the new Jackpocket Casino app to start playing blackjack, roulette, live dealer games, and more from the comfort of home. Download Jackpocket Casino. Get a first deposit match of up to 500 back and an additional $10 in Jackpocket lottery credits. Download the Jackpocket app Casino uh, casino app, or go to casino.jackpocket.com. Sign up now. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or over in New Jersey. Gambling problem call 800-GAMBLER. Hoff, when can we do a show from a casino? When, when, when can we get that on the books at some point here? Uh, we got to get this uh, moving. Well, you want to go to Vegas for a uh, Super Bowl? Honestly, no. Oh, okay. Well, then no. Then we can't I, I've, been to enough, I've been to enough. I've been to enough. It's not like a humble bride. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I've been to... It's just a mess. It's just too much going on. I prefer not to. Unless the Jets or the Giants are there, I don't ever have to go again for the rest of what, my life. What, what has to happen is it has to be a concert at like a, somewhere in AC. Yeah. And let's go do a show from over there. But that's what I'm saying. We used to do it all the time. When I, I was know. at K-Rock. I used to do Pearl Jam, Green Day. We used to go and just do like tr- bus trips down there. Where would you guys stay? Which casino? Borgata. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the one. It's the one. All right. Maybe we can get that on the books at some point. Me, you, and Sal just sitting there like degenerates playing cards. Yeah. That I'll, sounds fun. I'll let Spike know. We'll get that done. <laughs> All right. Johnson, Bergen County. Let's get back to you guys. By the way, uh, Evan and Tiki up next on the fan. Right now, it is BT and hey, Sal. how you doing, guys? Winding down. Minus Sal. Hey, John. I cannot believe. Well, can you ever believe that you would be on the air saying that the Knicks are the best-run franchise and be right. No, no, that's the amazing thing about this. Uh, John, I have another I, thing, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I'll, I'll let you go. I thought about this from every conceivable angle, and quite frankly, I've been thinking about it for a while, you know, but I just wanted to kind of monitor the off-seasons and see what the Rangers, you know, what the Rangers were doing. Not that I think, not that I don't think that they can regenerate, but for those of you who missed it real fast, when I look at this Knicks team, I don't see a bad contract. I see a ton of stars. I see youth. I see assets up the wazoo in terms of draft equity, great cap management, coaching stability, which has been elusive for them forever, uh, high IQ, passionate players, and a a team that's tough. Like, I know we'll never see that 90s Nick team again because the NBA's changed, but these guys play with as much purpose and toughness as you possibly can in the modern NBA. So, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 the other one I have, you know, about the greatest players, in New York, mm-hmm. you know, the way you were talking. And I, you know what? I know you just have something against Lindor. No, that's not true. But, but, that's not true. But, but, but it's never, no one's bringing it up okay. at his position, at his shortstop. Compare him to Major League Baseball averages and where he is as a shortstop. Not even shortstop. Every position. What's the average of the average baseball player last year? Was it maybe two fifty, two sixty? There's no what way it's that? that. I can't imagine it's. There's no way it's that high. I, I guarantee. Can you check that? I bet your buddy there could look it up. Real they, don't check. I, I want to say two forty three. That's my 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 guess is two forty three. I could be off on that. I want to say the average huh. major league hitter is two forty three right now. That's that's my guess. What was the average home runs? 
I, I mean, twenty? I, no, lower than um, average. No, lower than that. And, and, and what, what, what was the batting? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're asking me. I don't know off the top. If you try to say Lindor, Lindor has passed all those numbers. Well, he's better. He's making thirty gazillion dollars a year. But it doesn't matter. You're you're looking at a person. I mean, what's his name? He's did it two years now. Well, you're you're the pitcher. Your your pitcher. You just say Cy Young. He's only had one good year out of four. All right, listen. So, so John, I, I, I mean, I'm just saying. No, like, no, I got he's you. One of the best players in baseball. No, he's not. Indoor. No, he's not. He's close. He's yes, close. he is close. I'll give you that. He's close. I mean, you have the other two. You have the other two, and then there's other th- pitchers and uh, position players. So, yep. at his position, what did Turner do last oh, year? Oh, at his position. Yes, yes, at his position. Who I would agree with numbers? that. What better numbers than Lindor? No, I, I got stop. you. At his position, he's definitely one of the best shortstops. I don't disagree with that, John. But there's also, and it does not, you know, it's not even really a but. Francisco Lindor is absolutely one of the best shortstops in baseball. I'm not saying that he's not. Where I stretch it out with Lindor, and my criticism has been, I mean, and I, I backed off last year because he, he had a good year, you know, uh, not a great year, a good year. I'm sorry, you know, eight and 806 OPS is good. It's not great. And the year before it was 788, and the year before that it was 734. So he's been good. That's it. Now, if you want to think he's been great, that's fine. He's been good, not great. No, but he's one of the best shortstops. There's no doubt about it. Is Francisco Lindor a top five player in baseball? No. Top 10? No. Top 15? No. You start to get, you know, top 20? I would say, I would say probably not. I would think he's more top 20 to top 30 player in all the baseball. Not, you know, not pitching, just positional players. And there's no shame in that. Bye. Hit 254. I mean, it's not going nuts. I was close. The league average, I said 243. It was 248. I think maybe the year before it was 243. Maybe went up a bit with the shift. Is that what it was? I think I remember seeing two. Go ahead, Dove. In 2020, it was 245. Yep. 2021, it was 244. Mm. 2022? 243. 243, and last year, 248. There you go. So, you know, between the, the shift a little bit and a little bit of the accelerated pace with um, with the pitch clock, I, I think it's more a more pleasurable watch. Uh, Mark's at Oceanside. What's happening, Mark? E.T., how yes. are you? Hey, Mark. Okay. You cannot trade Pete Alonso now. Here's the reason. You can't say come to the ballpark and see Joey Wendell, Luis Severino, and Carlos Mendoza as the new New York Mets. Nobody will show up. You can trade him at the deadline if the Mets are, you know, faulty and not drawing. But if you trade him now, you will see an empty ballpark. Yep. Well, that's fair. Listen, that's fair. I, I, but I see. I agree with you. But to me, that secondary mark. If this amazing deal came their way, I would still. If I'm ownership, I'm, I'm thinking of if I own the Mets right now. I would say I'll take the temporary PR hit because on the back end, this place will be packed. But it's, it's baseball's a business, BT. First. Well, everything's a business. Second. Yeah, but nobody was going last year he was on the team. I understand, but okay. the Mets fans are already down in the dumps. I know, I know. Start. Now you're taking them down in the dumps and kicking them in the ribs and yeah. saying, here, look at what we have. You make a lineup without him in it. Yeah. My God. They I hear you. Just God awful. I understand. Now, I, I agree that. with you yep. that it's okay to trade him. Uh-huh. I'm just saying for ticket sales and 
uh, Mets fans being participating in in the year. If you trade them before the season, yeah. no one will show up. I understand. I guess what I'm saying is I would not allow that to determine my course of action because that's temporary. But you are not the owner, and, and you don't uh, you don't have a stake in the business. No, that's true. I I don't disagree with that. I wish so I it's logical that you wait till the trade deadline. Unless you get an amazing deal. I'm going to keep coming yeah. back to this, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Anything else or no? That's it for today. And go, Knicks, go. Oh, here we go. You know what, though? Thank you, Mark. I, 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 how do we not play this song today? Come on. Before you play it, I want to look something up. So let me take a low point of the Mets season last year. The Mets, I mean, this was pretty... You know, just during a stretch of... I won't even do September because the kids are back in school. That's not really fair. All right, I'll take... Well, that's the Braves. You would think that that would have been fairly crowded. Otani... Okay. I'm going to take the Tuesday night, August 29th, versus the Rangers. Uh, 21,000 people. Did Pete play that night? I don't think that he did. You know, I get. It. I don't want to get too in the weeds on the on the yeah McNeil. Yeah, Pete played. Everybody, Nemo, Lindor, McNeil, Alonso. Oh, Vogelback, one through five. I guess that the temporary pushback and Mark's not wrong. Like the spirit of the Met fan right now is broken. It's broken. Not that you aren't resilient enough to come back. You will because you always do. But right now, there's not a lot of attractive options to go. Like, what's the motivation to reach into your pocket and go watch the Mets outside of Pete and and Lindor? You know, and Alvarez. There's no starting pitcher outside of Senga. I mean, honestly, with traffic, I, I wouldn't take free tickets to go watch some of these guys pitch. Not that Severino can't bounce back, and not that Quintana's not a pro. I don't, I don't mean that. But you know what I mean. Like, you're not incentivized to go out of your way, either logistically or monetarily, to go watch them play. All right, I need a little Nick music here. Do we have a little something here, Dovey? Oh, yeah, there it is. We are the oh, New York do you know what time it is? Huh? Huh, don't you wish you were still a real Knicks fan, like a big Knicks fan, not just one of those guys who's parachuting back in? <laughs> don't you wish you were still one of, the, one of us? You do. No? Nah, I'm, I'm happy with where I am right now in life. Being a Sharks fan? I understand. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. A little mace in your face. Give me some real words. Here we go. A great finale, another three, another dunk for finale. You, it's our troops, man, they don't miss. We are New York, we are the New York Knicks. Oh my God, this is glorious stuff. There you go. All right, though. All right. Do I think they can win a championship? It's really what it all comes down to, right? You know, up until, and again, I. I said before the year I thought the Knicks would win 48. That's before the OG trade. I, like many, but probably more vocal than most, had reservations about Barrett. So this is all, you know, under the previous iteration here. I mean, I'm not worried about Philly. Not to just blindly dismiss them because Embiid's incredible. I'm not worried about Philly. Knicks will have the three seed over Philly when it's all said and done. Unless Randall's done for the year. Then that changes everything. Do I think the Knicks could beat the Bucs or the Celtics in a seven-game series? I do. I do. Now, they'd be prohibitive underdogs, and, uh, you know, it would be a massive, massive accomplishment and a slight overachievement, but, like, the gap is not so wide where they have no shot. 
And everybody's like, well, just uh, can they win a championship? Just get out of the East. See what can happen. Now, I still think that they're also at the point, you tell me, can they lose to a Pacers team that's fully healthy? Maybe. Can they lose to the Cavaliers, you know? Maybe. You know, can they lose to Philly? Sure, plausible. But everything that Leon Rose has done, going back to when he came in here, what was that date? March 2nd, 2020? Yeah. March 2nd, 2020. And that roster, and that riffraff, and that disjointed contractual mess that he inherited. He hasn't hit on every pick, but look at where they are now. And that's all that matters. Even the picks that were, eh, they're gone, and they're spun off for better stuff. Brilliant. So just enjoy the run. And, you know, I thought for a while, this is really the genesis of the show. I thought about this driving in. I'm like, everybody's talking about you know, the superstar and, and so fixated on and giving these definitive terms. Is he a superstar? Is he a star? Who cares, dude? I don't care. Like, I care more about the Randall stuff because I think that's more important. Like, is Randall truly a viable too? That's, there's more depth. There's more meat. There's more substance there. The question whether or not Jalen Brunson's a superstar, I don't care what anybody outside of New York thinks because they don't matter. And they don't watch him the way we watch him. He's a superstar. The big thing that I thought about today was, and I'll leave you with this again, as unlikely as it is, when you flip on the Knicks tonight, you will watch the best run, gold standard, currently franchise in our city. And that itself is, 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 that's crazy that I can say that and mean it. All right, back tomorrow. Have an awesome Tuesday. Evan and Tiki and Sean and the crew next. See you tomorrow. Have an awesome Tuesday. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.